0: Good afternoon, Brian Noonan. In for Con and Anna Devlante on seven twenty WGN. Yes, one more day of me and Rowan and Anna will be back on Monday after their well-deserved holiday break. Big show planned. If you want to get involved, 312-981-7200. That's the phone and the text. Brian Noonan Show, if you want to contact me on Facebook or Twitter, that's the way we do it. We're going to be talking to Ben Bradley in just a few minutes. Uh, Alderman Ed Burke has released a video statement, so we will uh, have that audio for you when we talk to Ben, let you know what's going on with that. After the 3.30 news, mayoral candidate Bob Fioretti is going to join us in studio. There has been a lot of talk about this $10,000 $10,000 that the uh, government alleges was part of the corruption charges against Ed Burke. Uh, that money allegedly going to Tony Preckwinkle. Was it all given back? Was part of it given back? Was part of it used to finance the Cook County Board President's campaign against Bob Fioretti. So a lot to talk about with him. Then Tom Skilling after four. We're going to turn our attention to Soldier Field on Sunday at 440. Uh, the great Lou Canellis joins us. We will talk some Bears playoff football. Then it's the top five at five. The Canarble Wagon rolls at 530 with um, the uh, head bartender from Make Room for Truman. Which sounds like a Jim Carrey movie, but it is not. It is a cool bar in Schomburg. So you will uh, you'll be enjoying that. And then it's live live in Park Ridge, rather. Uh close enough. It's up that way. We'll get it right when it's at Park Ridge. Park what? It's Park Ridge. Stop it. I'm getting. I I love when final day. I'm going to get harassed now that Jeff and Brian are back. They're going to in my head harassing me. Then Iron Horse joins us for live music Friday, and then uh, that's it. Then we all go home at seven, and we hear uh, the uh, Adam Hogue and uh, Adam Johns podcast uh, live. They're going to come on. They're going to talk about Bears. They're going to talk about the Bears all night. So it'll be it will be fantastic. Andy Mazer back in sports. This is uh, for a sports guy. This is the
1: weekend, man. Things this is. Oh, forget it. Playoff football is back in Chicago. First time in eight years, it's uh, time to celebrate a little bit, and it's it's interesting to hear what Matt Nagy is talking about. I mean, today I uh, uh, had it in the three o'clock sports there that uh, Eddie Jackson's going to be a game time decision. He was yeah. limited again today in practice, but you know, Nagy seems so <laughs> genuinely excited about what the fan reaction is going to be at Soldier Field. Oh yeah, he said it at least three times during this week, during three separate little press conferences, about how how important it is for the fans to get revved up and to stay into the game, and how much it helps the team. So. Uh, it's kind of funny. He's he's a, a difficult guy to not like. Let's put it. That way. He,
0: and that's true. I mean, he does. He cops to when things are not uh, when things go, don't go. Well, he's taken responsibility for that. He doesn't try to uh he doesn't seem to treat the uh men and women who cover the bears with contempt. He no, actually seems to to enjoy talking to them. Uh maybe that'll change as years go on, but uh, he's coming in as a new coach, very excited, and uh the team seems to be responding to him. Whatever's whatever's going on there, I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to critique it. I'm just going to say Hey, let's leave it alone because it's working.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he's overly prepared, and I yes. don't think that's a bad thing because he is prepared for a lot of different eventualities. Um, you know, this week his message again has been: uh, don't treat this game any differently than uh, any of the other regular season games. Don't put any extra importance on it, even though it is a one and done kind of thing. And you know, he's been goofing around that the players have been walking up to him and saying, "Hey, uh, just be you. We'll be us. You yeah, be you. You it's be you." It's pretty kind. Of, it's, kind of, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see in here. It's uh, it is very exciting. It's uh,
0: it's a nice change from what we've experienced, as you said, the last eight years uh-huh. with no playoff berths. So uh,
1: with not so prepare, not so much preparation, and a lot of excuse making.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, for all the uh, for all the protests, and I heard John mention this when he was first coming on the air. People people soured on the NFL, and there's a lot of issues with the NFL, no yeah. doubt about it. But all that fades away when your team is in the playoffs. It fades
1: away quickly, especially yes. when your town is dominated by that particular team.
0: Exactly, it does. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter the political stances, you can put mm-hmm. all that aside for a Sunday afternoon and just say, This is our team, and uh, you know, we
1: want them to go out and stomp the other team. Oh, That's cup, it. cup fans and Sox fans coming together, it's anarchy. Oh, it's like dogs and cats sleeping uh, together. Very exciting news, too.
0: Local uh, rock band uh, Local H is going to be playing there from Zion, they're playing at halftime on Sunday. So, uh, you know, don't just run to the bathroom at halftime, stick around, hear the band, <laughs> and also, as Andy brought up, you're going to the game on Sunday, be loud make it Be loud because you know all we hear all the time is playoff football oh it's a loud environment da, 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 da. we know soldier field can get loud so crank it up don't uh, don't sit on your hands don't uh, you know if you're one of these uh, business people who are getting tickets and going to your first bears game because some client has is taking you and you've never done this before Act goofy. Yeah, Scream. Get yell, into it. Cheer. Get yeah. into it. Don't uh because that you hear that a lot about especially at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because it's, it's all very corporate, corporate tickets mm-hmm. and people go and they're not it's not the true fans and I know Sunday it's going to be uh, you know mostly the true fans anyway. Right. But you go uh, you go to one of these uh, huge games, the Super Bowl and it's corporate people, people who've never been there, the tickets are out of reach for everybody.
1: Uh so yeah, Let's uh, let us let the Eagles know that they're in our house. And even if this is a win, this could be the last home game yes. at Soldier Field this year because right. of the seating situation. If they win, they're going to go to L.A. Right. to play the Rams on Saturday. And then depending on what the, what the Saints do and, and that kind of thing, this could be the last home game. So you know, make it worth your while. You know the Saints are going to win, right? You know, you'd think. If,
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fess up, because the, bear, the Bears are my team, mm-hmm. but second is the Saints. Okay. So if the Bears, uh, you know, if the bears meet the Saints, then I, I'm all Bears all the time.
1: Well, stop me if you've heard this
0: before, okay? Yes. But on any given Sunday. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> if you're going to tell me that life, like the game, is a game of inches,
1: <laughs> do you scratch and claw for every inch, Andy? Yeah, is that you, what you're you going to tell me? You have oh, to, sure. and but I was going to finish that by, by saying on any given Sunday, one team can beat another. Well, sure. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what we're counting on no, Sunday. No, that's with the why Bears they play the games.
0: games. That is why they play the games, Eddie. You gotta. But uh, listen, this week, this week it's all right for us to say, hey, we hope the Saints win.
1: You know? Yeah, you, you can root for them this week. Sure, well, this I... week is that they're not playing, so it's even better. Uh, that's why I root for them on their bye week. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, a know? lot of a lot of times, you know, in the recent past, the Bears have been you know underdogs to the bye. Yes. So things have really changed. All right. Well, let's.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. You know. <laughs> We're gonna keep our fingers crossed. We're gonna focus all on Sunday. The boy, I know the boys uh, tonight are gonna talk to some people from Philadelphia as well. Uh, if they could put their cheese steaks down and uh, you know stop fighting, <laughs> maybe uh, you know. Stop trying to get there. Oh no, that's
1: Boston. I almost I almost yeah. was
0: with a Prince Spaghetti reference. And oh, that would have no. been Boston. No, this is just the, a genos oh. and
1: this is a genos and pat's thing, you right. know? This is like they're the firing cheese cheese whiz across the street at each other.
0: And I truly believe they're both the same, but uh, I know true yeah. Philadelphians would argue nonstop about that.
1: Jim's in South Philly is better is than it? all of them, yeah.
0: Listen, all I know is you gotta get to the King of Prussia Mall. Let's let's forget about everything <laughs> else. You go to the King of Prussia Mall, one of the biggest malls in the history of malls, mm-hmm. and it's just a wonderful place. You got it. Uh we'll talk to Ben Bradley and five find out uh, all about Ed Burke's audio statement that he just released. We'll do that in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's go to the newsroom. Hello, Kim. What do you got for 3.30? Hey,
2: Brian. Well, we're also talking about Alderman Ed Burke's big announcement.
0: This week on Chicago's Best, it's the best of the best. From tacos to burgers to the most drool-worthy. Tune in to see who won Chicago's Best of 2018. That's Sunday night at 10 on WGN-TV. A lot of things happening. Uh, Ed Burke, of course, uh, being charged, appeared in court yesterday. Ben Bradley joins us now from WGN-TV. So, uh, Ben, welcome. Good to talk to you. Uh, This this just keeps uh, changing, and more and more comes out. Ed Burke just putting out a video statement, is that correct?
3: Well, so, Brian, I'm going to list a couple things, and I'd like to hear which of them shocks you the most. All right. Okay. An alderman who's been on the city council for 50 years. That's shocking. Who fancies himself as being smarter than most. A city historian he's seen a lot. Gets caught on a wiretap after seeing countless numbers of his colleagues go down in similar fashion. Mm-hmm. So that's item number one. Item number two, that Ed Burke relinquishes his chairmanship of the finance committee, which is his source of power. In the city council, and has been for decades, or item number three that the aforementioned alderman has an instagram
4: account i
0: 'm going to go with number three yeah, uh, number that... three the most shocking of uh, of all because number one, up until then number one was the most shocking because you know his uh, ed burke's reputation with he was too smart to ever get caught that was right. what people would say too smart and so this this disproves that but yeah what's he what does he usually post on instagram unfortunately i while i do follow violetta ben i do not follow ed burke on instagram <laughs> well you should go he's him. got about 126
3: followers and it only came <laughs> to our attention within the last half hour okay because he posted a video message um talking about his intentions uh for the future because he's up for re-election in february
0: let's hear that
5: by now i'm certain that you've learned of yesterday's events i want you my friends and supporters to know that i fully intend to seek re-election and i am hopeful that you and my many friends uh, will continue to do the work you've already been doing i appreciate your help and your support and I want you to know that my family and I want you and your family to have a healthy and wonderful new year. May God bless you and your families. All
0: right. Now, up until, up until that, uh, the Instagram was the most surprising. And stipulating, of course, that everyone is innocent until proven guilty, I find that announcement quite surprising, that he would choose this time to come out and say, yeah, don't worry, I'm still going to run for re-election
3: yeah you know a number of things uh surprise us right about ed burke one his longevity Mm -hmm. um and two that given his longevity and his millions that he's made through his private tax firm that he would need to allegedly engage in yeah, you know, the type of shakedown that he's accused of here at the sunset of his career.
0: Yeah, because the the amount of business, and granted, I don't know how much uh, his firm bills per hour, but the amount of business he could have gotten from allegedly from this one restaurant group sure doesn't seem like it would be enough to, as you say, jeopardize everything. Well, yeah,
3: this restaurant group—it's not just one burger. King. No, it's they, a big of fast food sure. chains, uh, fast food restaurants nationwide, but. Yeah, it shows you uh, if the allegations are proven true that 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 the hustle continued, right? Yeah, um, and it's the intersection of uh, of politics and uh, personal favor and these private law practices that that Burke has, Madigan has, and others uh, and others have and are permitted to have. Uh, coming up today at four on the WGN News, uh, we're going to get into Burke's extensive uh, campaign fund. He's got more than seven million dollars in wow. it. Uh, We'll tell you uh, some of the things he can and can't use that money for. Uh, We're going to have more on what Burke had to say today. And also, we learned this afternoon through some uh, newly unsealed court documents that there was actually uh, an arrest warrant prepared for the alderman. Now, he was not arrested. He agreed to turn himself in. But uh, it shows you just how serious the the feds were taking this, because normally there's kind of a quiet period in a a lead up to an election, 60 days.
0: they wouldn 't take action, uh, but as we uh, as we saw here, they did yeah now it, he was as part of his uh, bail yesterday, he was required to turn in i 'm still surprised by the twenty three guns. Uh, That just seems like a high number, but he has to turn those in. Uh, They don't consider Ed Burke any sort of flight risk, because this was a uh, no-security bond where, you know, the only way he would have to pay is if he doesn't show up in court. Well, his
3: wife is an Illinois Supreme Court justice as well. Presumably, (laughs) as an officer of the court, she could keep an eye on him. Yeah,
0: you would think. Uh, She's been very quiet, as you would expect, uh, on this. So... As we, anything new coming out about the, we're going to talk to Bob Fioretti in just a few minutes, about the connection between the alleged shakedown money, which was 10 grand, and it's connection to tony preckwinkle i know uh tony made a statement earlier anything else coming right. out about that well,
3: I, I you know i i hesitate to call the accusation in the preckwinkle side of this a shakedown because it
0: well not hers it, 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 but right but
3: the the alleged no, but, shakedown
0: by burke to the uh to the but, restaurant guys. but at
3: least in that part of the case you know in, in in the in the crux of the case burke is accused of you know essentially demanding this quid pro quo right use mm-hmm. my private law firm uh, or I'm going to play hardball, and you're going to have trouble getting the permits you need to operate your restaurant. The other side of this, there's no allegation of a threat, but this Burger King franchise owner uh, was told, I'd like you to donate to uh, to another politician. We now know that to be Tony Preckwinkle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preckwinkle denies knowing that the request was in, but certainly all politicians know that you know, there are people who have a vested interest in, in the function of government yes. who receive uh, fundraiser invitations uh, like this, and that you know it's, it's to their advantage to show up. Uh, so what happened in this particular case is um, the Burger King franchise owner uh, attempted to act allegedly Alderman Burke's suggestion, donate $10,000 to Tony Preckwinkle's uh, uh, run for re-election to Cook County board.
0: $10,000 is too
3: much. Yeah, that's over the legal limit. The Preckwinkle staff says the staffer noticed it within a day or two, reached out and said to this guy, are you donating as an individual? Are you donating as a company? Because there's different amounts that you can do that. The Preckwinkle campaign says they they, they bounced the donation back. Right. The problem is they didn't reflect that on their uh, state board of elections filings. In fact, they didn't even uh, note a donation. Mm -hmm. And there's some question about whether or not all of it was returned or was just the amount that was over the limit. Well, yeah,
0: because the complaint does mention a a number, $5,600, that that was there so this is where everything kind of muddies up especially for me because i follow along okay the ten thousand was donated that's too much preckwinkle's campaign said they kicked it all back but then the feds are saying well there was a donation but state records don't show a donation of 5600 so w-.
3: tony preckwinkle though is far from the only person running for mayor in this city right uh, who has been um now sullied by ed burke's support and uh campaign donations right you know he Burke was essentially Susana Mendoza's political godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some reports that, sh- that she had a wedding celebration at Burke's home, uh, where he played the piano, as he's been known to do. You know, Gary Chico worked for Burke for a time. Yes. Um, and Gary not-
0: Chico supposedly was one of the co-hosts of this fundraiser, mm-hmm. even though his name was not on the invitation.
3: Exactly, Brian. So... You know, I I think the headline today is that Burke is going to seek re-election, at least that's what he says Mm -hmm. now, and uh, that uh, he's lost his chairmanship, and everyone else who's still wants to have a future in chicago politics uh is starting to run for the hills oh, they yeah. don't want to be associated
0: with they are distancing themselves so you're going to cover all this at four anything any other big stories you're
3: looking at uh we're covering this uh historic double organ transplant that happened in chicago uh never before uh has a procedure like this happened with this complexity julian cruz has got that uh and then the water tower curfew for yes. unaccompanied
0: minors goes into effect very nice well ben always good to talk to you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again next week sounds good take care that's ben bradley uh you can watch him starting at four on wgn tv all right it is news time at wgn bob fioretti comes into the studio on the other side this report is sponsored by apple here's kim gordon Brian Noonan in for Rokon and Anna Devlantes. We are here till seven o'clock tonight. Bob Fioretti, the uh, former Second Ward Alderman and mayoral candidate, is joined me in studio. Uh, released a statement today urging Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle to drop out of the mayor's race due to the fact that the alleged shakedown campaign money that Ed Burke is uh, is accused of getting from the restaurateurs was used in Tony Preckwinkle's campaign to run against Bob for the Cook County Board presidential primary in uh, last year. So, Bob is here. Welcome. Glad you're here. Good to be here. Thank you, Brian. So this is, uh, do, I, do I have it right? Is that, uh, you know, this money allegedly was uh, that was given to Tony Preckwinkle's campaign obviously was used. She was running against you in the primary for Cook County Board president. So you're uh, you're saying, this is a tainted money. we got we got to pull the plug here uh,
6: i think that was one part of it i think if we look at what her whole career has been um it doesn't end with me uh and the money that uh, she uh, allegedly ex- uh, that ed burke allegedly extorted here um it, it really goes on that t- tony preckling has re- re- uh, raised uh thousands of dollars from city vendors from county vendors um and she's yet to answer why her security detail had uh, campaign literature in a car that crashed. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that she is yet to answer to the public. And it raises serious questions on why she's running for mayor.
0: So, but this, this particular issue uh, is a little more, you have a little more skin in the
6: game on this one. I, I'd say so, much more than anybody else. Uh, we wondered where all the money was starting to come from uh, for her her at the end of the campaign i think the polls were accurate they showed us almost neck and neck but of course uh people di- really did not vote for the county board president the the, the turnout was about 21 percent. as a matter of fact
0: now some people are going to say and, I- and i'll ask this too in the whole scheme of things we know campaigns are very very expensive uh, ventures is fifty six hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars depending on whether all the money was actually given back is that enough to tip an election
6: Yes, it could be, but there was a lot more that we raised uh, that we raised as issues during the campaign of what she had not reported, did report. Um, I mean, uh, I'm asking also, not only should she withdraw from the race, but uh, a full accounting of her campaign expenditures and income that she received. I mean, who, who, and how did this money go into the campaign, and how did it go out? Uh, It it should have been reported. It should have been a check out there. Uh, We don't see any of that.
0: So who? Who is responsible for overseeing this? This seems to be an issue in every election, statewide, local, it doesn't matter. Where does uh, where does the buck stop with somebody actually overseeing
6: this? Well, the problem is uh, the state board of elections are very loose in terms of what they do. Um, they really don't uh, educate. They don't uh, tell people what to do. I, I think we also need campaign uh, finance reform. Uh, that's another subject, Bo. Uh, I think if we would have had term limits here in in this case, this matter, uh, Ed Burke probably would never have been indicted. He would have been long gone forty sure. years ago.
0: Fifty years uh, is a long time for some. Yes, it is. Kim Gordon in in the newsroom has a question for you, Bob. Okay.
2: Alderman, earlier today you said that the um, entire city council has enabled this corruption behavior and that things need to change. How do you think the system needs to change?
6: Well, first of all, I do believe term limits. Uh, I also believe that uh, uh, we should... um, have campaign finance reform, as I've said, uh, but we need a smaller city council. We need a city council that doesn't have, uh, we're really one of the few cities in the country, uh, that have a political streets and sand by ward we're also one of the few um, cities in the country that require an absurd amount of signatures to get on the ballot i believe uh, new york for mayor is about seven thousand. Uh i believe la is down to 500 uh, so it's a lot different at that point i think uh, committee meetings ought to be all committee meetings should be televised and if there's not a quorum which is probably about more often than not. Uh, the chairman of the committee ought to call a, a quorum call and end the meeting until the next time. Uh, I think we need... Uh alderman and a mayor that listens to the people and, and not taxing them out but inviting them in. And one of the ways I was recently I have not been to a city council meeting until the uh, budget uh, the that uh December 12th meeting where he uh, he Ram uh told us about his pension plan. And I was surprised that when the comment section started uh and people fought uh, they went to court for that. They got 30 minutes uh of allowing the people of this city to give uh their own comments on it when they got up there uh the mayor walked out of the room and about a third of the aldermen walked out of the room and most of the rest of them were then on the um uh their cell phones
0: uh i i think uh, it's time to start listening to the people of this city all right alderman let's let's stick with this uh, kim's original question of kind of the this is the culture because many people myself included will think you know we'll hear about some of the allegations against alderman burke we'll go well, we just assume that's how that's how City Hall works, and you, in fact, back in the day, were drawn out of your old ward. Uh, today, you're one of your opponents for mayor, Paul Vallis, was on the Chicago Way podcast with John Cass, and he said that there is a culture of a code of silence, much much like we think of you know the uh, allegations against the police force. But he uh, he says there's a code of silence in City Hall as well, where you know we know shady things are happening but we kind of turn our backs what would you say to that
6: I don't know if it's uh, well I know uh, the, the code didn't exist with me because I introduced resolutions and ordinances uh, to open up uh, city government uh, and yes it was closed down uh, a code of silence uh, uh, is hard to press because uh, some of the pro- uh, and I'll call them progressive alderman whatever that term means but sure. uh, those that want an open government uh, and a transparent government and a a government that's accountable have been fighting for this uh taking away the workman's comp away from the finance committee is one way to do that we're a hundred million dollars uh that the ed burke at that time controlled uh in terms of workman's comp most cities of comparable size has maybe 20 million uh something's wrong here and uh, i you know it was quiet that uh uh, we can't get into it and even us as alderman uh and so I, i you know the Way of doing business has to end here in the city of Chicago.
0: And does that come from the top down? So is that one of the things, if you're elected mayor, is that one of the things that uh, you're pushing?
6: I've always said that uh, ethics starts from the top. Uh, and we need to do what need, uh, uh, to open up government, uh, to be transparent for government, and be accountable for uh, government for the people. And it does start from the top.
0: So yes. how does that? How does that uh, whole culture change? Because Chicago is ingrained in one way of doing things. You know, it's so it's it doesn't seem like it's going to be a quick change. So how how would you on day one start to bring that change about?
6: Well. I hate to say sometimes a good question, but yes, it is a good question. <laughs> um, I, 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 like I said, as I started off, we need structural changes, mm-hmm. not cosmetic changes. We need we need term limits. Uh, we need a smaller city council. Um, you know, we need town hall meetings on the budget. Even Rich Daly had town hall meetings on the budget. Yeah. Rahm, his first year, had some town hall meetings, and he stopped uh you know we need to go into the wards uh, if i am mayor i'll have town hall meetings on the budget in every part of the of the city but i'll also have ward night i'll go to the wards the various wards to listen to the people and that's i think the only way that we can make structural changes and not
0: cosmetic changes all right let's go back to uh let's go back to your statement today uh urging tony preckwinkle to drop out because of uh, because of her alleged ties with the campaign donations you're saying she's refusing to release the correspondence between her campaign and the uh, the contributor who was allegedly shaken down by Ed Burke. Is anybody, other than you, have authorities asked her to release these, or are you just saying this would be the good thing to do if you want to clear clear up any confusion you should go ahead and release these
6: well i, I think uh, to clear up any confusion yes but more importantly i think uh uh there's a lot more questions to be asked of the county board chair uh here she is also chairman of the democratic party uh and we've heard the term power corrupts and absolute power uh, corrupts absolutely and uh that's what's going to happen uh, if she was elected at this point
0: for people who are not on the inside of a political campaign. A lot's been made that the candidates don't know about contributions. I don't necessarily believe that to be true. I think, uh, and and maybe you can answer this, candidates, you might not be told every name, but if big contributions are coming in, are the candidates told about these contributions? Well,
6: in my case, when I was the... um Alderman, i never took uh contributions from developers i think that should be uh across the board uh for all aldermen they shouldn't be uh, because they have to make they have to influence the decision of what the developer is and you see it often either two years before the developer or two years after they should not be uh taking it at least at a minimum at the same time people uh don't have to go begging i have heard it over and over during the course of this campaign in various wards uh uh people have not businesses have not been able to get things done and they have asked me should i give the uh alderman a contribution i say no nothing
0: Uh, but that's again we go back to what i said earlier that's for the way years of doing that, that's business. That's the way you do business. Yes. That's how things get done. And yes, well, maybe, it's maybe an we're naive.
6: It's an additional tax then. Uh, uh, yes. On uh, all of a sudden, if you have to right. get for a sidewalk uh, permit or a um, uh, restaurant outdoor restaurant permit or a sign or something, and you've got to give a contribution to your alderman, right. that is a tax sure. on that business, and that's what's driving people away.
0: So, who makes those changes? Who is it? The state board of elections? Is it citywide? Is it who? Who's going to make that change to say, "All right," because that makes sense. You can't if you're if you're running for a city office, you can't take a uh, contribution it, it would from the
6: council. Uh, it would start with the mayor pushing it, and uh, again pushing term limits. And I think uh, term limits are a number one priority with the people, yeah. and uh, cutting down the size of the city council and taking away all this administrative issues when they should be uh, focusing on legislative issues.
0: And now, before I let you go you've got you've got the election coming up a lot of people in chicago we're worried about taxes every year it seems we're getting more and more tax uh we're we need taxes, obviously, to pay for everything. But where where do we draw the line? Where would where will you draw the line?
6: Well, first of all, I, I am uh, my f- uh, first term as mayor. There will be no increase on property taxes, uh, and that's what's driving people yes. out. And at the same time, it's keeping a depressed value on homes uh, and businesses here. Uh, that that's where we have to look. I, I'm going to look at the red light cameras, speed cameras, uh, to phase them out. Good, because uh,
0: though. T- t- Let's let's be honest. That's not about safety.
6: No, it's all it's about, about the money. And the uh, <laughs> Department of Transportation keeps beating their chest saying, oh, yes. it's all about safety. No, we no. know it's not. Uh, you know, we have a budget here. We need whoever's elected. And I've been... I got into this race because of this. They were not talking about the real issues in crime, education, and the pension payment. Whoever gets elected on, and sworn in on May fifteenth by September first has to find four hundred million new dollars to go into the pension fund. And uh, uh, yes, there is some. Uh, there's I, I've uh, raised a lot of ways that we can bring that money to the forefront. Give me a,
0: cu- a couple examples.
6: Um, you know, I think we should look at sports gaming. We should look at video, uh, and at the same time, uh, uh, a commuter uh, uh, tax those that live in um, Indiana, Wisconsin, and the suburbs. If they pay one percent, they come into the city on their employment, um, and it's an issue of fairness. And are you, aren't you going to
0: get a pushback though from employers in the city or' are going to say, "Listen, we, you know, we have to draw from all over the area to get our workers, and if they, you know, it's going to cost us more if we have to cover." that somebody somebody's going to no, have to that no they break wouldn't the be paying it well, See, but, but and they may and have and to pay I, it an increased salaries
6: if uh, people aren't going to come in. No, you know, it, because you can write it off through your federal income taxes. Okay. So it's, a, yeah. it's really a pass-through, yeah. uh, which is good. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, uh, people want safe streets. They sure. want good sidewalks. They want, if something happens to them on the street, uh, they want to be uh, attention, immediate medical right. attention. Uh, the cost of violence in this city, just the immediate medical care last year for the shootings that it On our streets cost the taxpayers of this city and some in the county one hundred and sixty five million dollars for the first 30 minutes of treatment. Um, We've got to cut down on the violence and there are ways to do that by hiring people in this city.
0: So, give me, as we let you go, because that's a huge, uh, huge issue for everybody. Give me one of the ways uh, to cut down on the violence. Hiring people in the city, in what way? Well, I, I, I think, and you
6: can, uh, we, we do have the possibility. I brought 8,000 jobs to my ward. I was the only alderman ever to close a food desert. I I found ways that those 8,000 that they would hire from the neighborhoods. I had the most diverse ward in the city of Chicago when I was elected. It was 75% African-American. I was the first white individual since 1915 in that ward. I made sure we had community benefits agreements and people hired at a good living wage at those jobs. I brought in a Pete's uh, as I closed the food desert, a Costco, a Target a police station that i i had to argue with i had to argue with the governor's office after over the costco because they were about ready to uh close the project down you know those are things that we need to do and look for jobs for our citizens of this city and we also had training programs for them they went to dawson 18 week training they got trained in in the specialty that they were hired for i had job fairs for Veterans during the year, my regular constituents, and ex-offenders. And I said to people that came to these job fairs, not the people that, that needed the jobs, but at the same time, uh, the vendors. You're not here for a beauty contest. Right. You're here to hire, hire people. people. Now, so. if,
0: if one ward can do that, it's... Sh- we should be able to do it all over the city. We should. We should. So and that's why when I'm
6: mayor, we will do it all over the city.
0: BobForChicago.com is your website. People can go there, get all your all the information on you, where you stand on all the issues. Uh, and again, uh, they can read the press release where you are calling, uh, urging Tony Preckwinkle to, to drop out of the mayor's. And follow release. me on Facebook and Twitter. Same, uh, same. Bob for Chicago. Uh it's Bob for Ready. Bob Fear Ready. Yes. All right, Facebook, Twitter, all you gotta be on all the all the channels, don't you? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well it was a pleasure having you here. Thanks Good very much. Let's uh check in
2: with Kim what's coming up at four. Brian, the weather channel app on your phone may do more than just give you the forecast. <laughs>
0: Noonan on 720, WGN in for Rowan Anna. Here till 7, then it'll... Oh, man, Adam Hogan, Adam Johns, the uh, Hogan's uh, podcast live. They're going to talk all things Bears. Uh, we're going to talk Bears with Luke Ellis at 440 and this hour... After, well, next hour, 4 o'clock hour, I've got, oh my goodness, I've got two family four-packs. So be sure you're listening after four for your chance to win a family pack of four tickets to the 15th annual Lake Home and Cabin Show. It's uh, running January 11th through the 13th at Schomburg Convention Center. It's the one-stop event of answers and great ideas if you already own a second home or if you're thinking about buying one. Wouldn't that be nice? Have a lake house somewhere, go up in a cabin away from everybody, somewhere where there's no cell reception, no internet, you just have to, I don't know, read, talk, maybe play Jenga. Could you really survive? Real I, could. I could. I could. I would actually, it would take probably a day to get used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, I think I'd be fine. Because then you could, all the things that I think about doing that I'm distracted by uh, cell and internet and everything else for, I could do. I could read. I could maybe l- learn something, uh, a skill, maybe take up a hobby. Maybe just sit and talk to people, you know? Or talk to yourself. Well, I do that already, yeah. and, uh, you know, thankfully sometimes they pay me for it. Other times I'm just <laughs> stared at on the street. Does it, I don't know. Coming up, the stories that matter with Kim Gordon from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN Radio. Thank you, Kim. Brian Noonan in for Rowan Anna. They'll be back with you on Monday. Twice this hour, I'm going to give you a chance to win a family four pack to the Lake Home and Cabin Show, January 11th to the 13th at the Schomburg Convention Center. Uh, you can go to lakehomeandcabinshow.com. So be listening. Oh, my goodness, it's Friday. While many of us are thinking, oh, okay, we ended a short week and now, uh, you know, we'll have the weekend and then back to work next week, Tom Skilling is thinking, once I get through today, man, Monday I could go on vacation. <laughs> Uh, Are are you going... uh, Do you have that short-timer mentality today, Tom? I doubt it. You're a hard-working man.
4: No, I... You know, you get so busy, you don't think about it. (laughs) Although, I have been humming, uh, I'm leaving on a jet plane. uh, You know, so I... Um, and uh, you know the folks here in the weather office kind of like that so uh sure
0: well you have yeah. a delightful voice <laughs> you know, everybody, right. everybody knows that oh yeah
4: it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a winter all right i'll tell you i'm something in the showers uh, every day you know? i could
0: only imagine
4: yeah. yeah so
0: is is the last yeah. like for most of us the last day of work before vacation seems to seems to drag are you finding that to be the case today you know what tell you I,
4: I, there's so much uh, i'm so busy here Brian i don't yeah. even think about it which is probably uh, good. Cause, yeah, uh, that's you know. true.
0: Now, did, have you taken uh, victory laps today, walked around in this 50-degree uh, uh, weather and have people just congratulate you?
4: Yeah, it is It is absolutely amazing. Well, many stations around Chicago um, passed 50 degrees today.
0: It's amazing.
4: So, yeah, it's it's stunning. This air had origins out over the Pacific Ocean uh, just a couple days ago. And, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the hemispheric satellite uh, animation, you see this stream of air from the Pacific, uh, across the lower 48, so we have a warm up that's going almost from coast to coast. Uh, wow. The coolest areas have been um, in the inner mountain region where you get cool air stuck in the valleys. But other than that, it's uh, it's pretty mild uh, across the country. It's uh, very nice. Do you know on this date a year ago it was 12 Ooh. for a high and the low was zero. We we had a incredible Ugh. cold spell that ran through Christmas and New Year's uh, a year ago. And I've you blocked know, it out like a trauma. Uh, it's it's a good thing to do. Here's another thought, uh, Brian. Uh, Twenty years ago, and this was called to my attention by Bill Snyder here. Twenty years ago, we had, we had January one through three, we had the city's second second uh, heaviest snowstorm. That was back in nineteen ninety nine. You remember that one? Uh,
0: no, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah,
4: oh tw- yes, yes. Twenty one point six inches, uh, started on the first, ended on the third. Yes. Uh, The second day of the storm had 47-mile-an-hour wind gusts, and only the 67 blizzard. Uh, surpasses that, so that and somebody sent me some pictures from five years ago, when it was barbarically cold again this time of the year, and it makes you realize um, how out of kilter this uh, that was. <laughs> this
0: current warm spell is. That it's, was the polar vortex year, right? Five years yeah. ago. That was oh yeah, yeah, when people weren't leaving their homes and it was
4: oh yeah, it was horrible. It was. <laughs> it, it's, it's very cold, but you know it 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 underscores the fact that uh, you know this time of the year that's what. Your options are. On the other hand, can you think of the last time that we got down to, say, even 15 below zero or 10 below here in the city? It's been ages since uh, we've had anything like that.
0: No, it's since I've been through so many winters, as as you have, Tom, they all kind of... They blend they together, together. <laughs> except for the except for the ground the Groundhog's Day blizzard yeah, from yeah. a few years ago. Uh, that '99 one. Now that you brought that up, I remember '78. I remember right and '67. Uh, I was very '79. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was um, the Jane Byrne Michael Belandic. Yes, concert. that yeah. was the one that cost uh, cost yeah? Belandic his the yep. mayor's office. Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah, so that was the one where, despite all the schools being closed in the city, my high school remained open, and Is my parents that right? made me go. Yes, <laughs> oh, gosh. so I right. had to take the IC out and then take the bus and it was it was horrible. Well, what a wonderful uh,
4: <laughs> student you are that you would have made the effort to do that. No, I think that's, my parents, that's my great. parents
0: wanted me to be a wonderful student. I just got on the got on the train and went down there. I that's know. you know, that's I would that. have done
4: the same thing. I Ugh. I remember delivering papers uh, before that sixty seven oh. blizzard hit, and it had been mild all. In fact, two days before that, we'd been up around sixty degrees, and we actually had some uh, severe thunderstorm warnings, and then uh, bam, uh, you know this blizzard hit yeah. and it's it it was funny every time the wind blew the rest of the winter the snow which was on the ground and stayed there would uh, blow out over the streets and all it was like you'd had a new storm again
0: it was so, now we don't have to worry with this mild weather there's no chance that anything crazy is coming on its heels right you know what
4: uh, you worry about that um i can't see the system yet now there are a couple of models and this has sprung up from time to time that show a system late next week and early in the week in might produce snow, but there are only a handful doing it. What you want as a forecaster is to see a whole bunch of them singing the same tune. The one thing that is interesting that's evolved overnight is uh, these longer-range runs. We run... Uh, our models, uh, one of our models, out to 45 days, and uh, even out, uh, seasonal length, but we run it out to 45 days, and the European uh, Center folks do the same thing. And both of those models have started singing a colder tune for late in January and uh, February. And so that's kind of interesting. You've probably read the stories about a possible polar vortex and all the rest, and um you know, I I don't know. I, I you read these stories and you're you're not quite sure how to respond to them because uh, what they're looking at there is what's called rapid stratospheric warming out up over the poles, and that's been found to be a precursor to cold air moving. But you know, the the same folks who put those forecasts out, had said the cold would be down here by late December, and clearly that has not that taken place. Happened, yeah, we're we're 25 days in a row now that we've been above average, but there is a look. And, it, it, you know, to the uh, late January, February pattern, it does look colder. Uh, well, that's, that's this to distance. be expected, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: we're not uh, It's not. Uh, we're not We're breaking new ground to say it's going to no. be cold in late January. Listen, Tom, uh, she's been quiet all day, so I knew yeah. something was percolating. Yes. Violetta has a question for you. I, uh, I, Violetta! I, hi, Tom. Happy New Year
4: Happy again. Happy New Year. Yes.
7: Um, I was wondering, because I was in an elevator with someone recently, a stranger, uh-huh. and we started talking about the weather, yes. and he brought up El Nino. Yeah. And I just feel like every year is an El Nino. Like, what makes an El Nino, and are they just happening more frequently than they used to?
4: No, I I wouldn't say uh, so. They occur every uh, three to seven years, and when they happen, they last about a year and a half. And it's a cycle along the equatorial Pacific. You go from El Nino to what's called the uh, Enso neutral stage, and then La Nina is the cool version of it. And each of these uh, produces changes in the atmosphere down there that connect to the mid-latitude atmosphere and create changes up here. So does now,
7: that make it a warmer winter?
4: Well, it often it does. But the fact of the matter is, if you look carefully at every El Nino year we've had, um, they're, actually they have a lot of different characters. It depends a lot on the particular El Nino. So you, it's dangerous to generalize, but as a... If you were to generalize to some extent, you'd say that uh, El Nino winters tend to be milder and less snowy than okay. do other winters. And So
0: far, so good on that.
4: Yeah, and the probability of uh, uh, you know this El Nino finally coming to fruition is being put at 90%. What's happened is the ocean along the equator has warmed, which is what happens in an El Nino, and also the easterly trade winds die down, down there. But the atmosphere has been slow to respond to that, which is kind of funny. So there's a decoupling. They're, you know, they're not married yet the way they've got to be. The yeah. atmosphere and the ocean, but that's supposed to eventually happen. And the, I've got to tell you something. This pattern we got going now is very much. Like what you'd expect to see in El, El Niño, namely a west-to-east jet stream and Pacific air dominating the uh, U.S. weather pattern. So
7: we're not in an El Niño now, <laughs>
4: not not technically. Oh. Uh, you got to have three consecutive months where the ocean temperature along the equator west of South America is at least a half a degree. Uh, Celsius warmer uh, than normal. So right. you need three of those months,
0: and we haven't had them yet.
4: Okay, so... well I'm
7: going to tell this guy next time I see an yeah. elevator.
0: Tom, are you worried like I am that uh, Violetta's talking to strangers in an elevator? No, I, uh, frankly too?
4: I'm impressed as can be that Violetta's talking meteorology in, the, <laughs> no, that in was these, a... uh, these elevator encounters. You I'm know, gonna... I think this is very cool.
0: I'm going to agree with you, Tom. <laughs> i got to tell you, Violetta, that was a very good question. It was. A very good weather-related question. Very I thought you were cool. going to ask Tom about some sort of fashion or something else. You <laughs> no. it came strong with a weather question. I, nice. I think this
4: is very, you know... Progress is being made, Tom. Three credits from the WGN-TV uh, Weather Center. Thank Ooh. you. I'll yes. wait for
7: my gold star. That, that is, gold
4: star follows, yeah. On One more way. good question
0: like that, you reach gold star status. Wow. You know, so. She's going to start jotting. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, th- thankfully you're on vacation next week, Tom, because i got a feel I she's know. coming in Monday with a stack of questions. Uh, some questions. may be gold, some may be well, computer. I'll tell you, if they're
4: on a, a, the par with this one, um, <laughs> then I look forward to the future questions sure. for Let it just I feel keep like f- you
7: guys are buttering me up for something. What are you about to say? <laughs>
0: no. Nothing at all. No. No, that was, a, that was legitimately a good weather question,
7: yeah, Violetta. It was I so shocked? <laughs> uh,
4: no, I, Violetta, you are an observer of our times, and always right on top of the situation, same, so same, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. No. I think it's very admirable.
0: I'm just coming from a guy who would never talk to a stranger in an elevator if he was on fire. <laughs> I was shocked that you would have a meteorological discussion in an elevator you know, with a I, stranger. I'll tell you something,
4: I get in elevators with a lot of people, and I haven't gotten a question that good from any of them yet. So I... You know, Violetta, I've got to get, in, get there. in your
0: elevator. They're I, you in know? there thinking, oh my God, I'm in an elevator with Tom Skilling." That's <laughs> yeah. all they can go through their head. Like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I and, know.
7: Uh, to be honest, I think I was doing most of the talking. Oh, I see. So he was listening, and then he dropped <laughs> in El Nino, and then I...
0: Yeah, that part doesn't wow. surprise me. But, uh, Tom, but before we let you out of here, everybody's looking to Sunday. What's it going to be like at Silverfield in the rest of the weekend?
4: Are, winds are going to come off the lake Sunday. That We've been seeing that right along. Tomorrow, another gorgeous day. Um... Uh, you know, some scattered clouds, but a lot of sunshine, and 52, which is amazing. That's 21 yeah, degrees that's... above normal. Uh, and then the winds turn easterly, and they pick up a little bit. And that means they come off the water, and the water is in the mid-30s right now. So I would imagine uh, the uh, Bears game temperature will be around 38 degrees at nice. uh, kickoff time in the afternoon, which, you know, by January yeah, is, is still warm, but I you want to bundle up, because uh, that east wind will... Uh, will feel pretty chilly as you sit out there. But I imagine everybody be watching the action on the game on the field and not right. worrying too much about the wind, you know.
0: That's so. terrific. Well, Tom, have a wonderful vacation. It Thank has been great to talk to you the last couple weeks. I'll talk to you again soon.
4: Brian, great talking to you, too. And you have a great
0: weekend. Thank you. Okay. You as well, Tom. Thank you. And you, too, Violetta. Bye. Bye-bye. Travel Take care, Tom. See you, guys. There you go. Wow, Violetta, very nice. And I mean that with all seriousness.
7: Thank you. you did New very- year. New, New questions.
0: Wow. All right. Well, listen, that, that's really changing up your uh, your initial stance on New Year's, so you're, you're doing some things. You know what would be fun for New Year's? Thinking about getting yourself a nice lake home. Maybe you have one. Maybe you just want one. You know the place you got to go? The Lake Home and Cabin Show, January 11th through the 13th at the Schaumburg Convention Center. It is the one-stop event for answers and great ideas. If you've already got a second home, if you're thinking of buying one, you can get more information at lakehomeandcabinshow.com. You want to go? Sure you do. I've got a family four-pack of tickets. Four caller, let's do uh, let's do number four. Since it's a four-pack, we'll make it easy on the gentleman behind the glass. Caller number four, 312-981-7200. You're going to the show. Uh, let's find out, uh, what do you got cooking at 430,
2: Kim? Brian, the city's giving the Bears an icy reception today.
0: Oh. Make Sundays uh, your night. To reach over and get the thing that you're supposed to read. No, do that earlier. Make Sundays your official night to tour the city. Watch Chicago's Best at 10 p.m. Then stick around for the latest in shopping, entertainment, and events on C-Chicago. That's 10.30 p.m. WGN-TV. Luke and Ellis coming on after the news. We will talk Bears. We're going to get all jacked up on Bears. But uh, before we do that, let's turn our attention. I know this has been talked about uh, already today, I'm sure. Teddy Greenstein uh, reporting in the Tribune. Pat Fitzgerald is not going anywhere. He is staying at Northwestern. Hashtag Go Cats. Uh, big news. Uh, everybody was talking about how the Packers were interested in interviewing Coach Fitz. Uh, Fitz, Monday after the big win at the Holiday Bowl, said this is his home forever. And now it is official uh, uh, he is not looking to go to the NFL, which, according to sources that uh, Teddy uh, quoted, said that it's, it's a good thing. He's, there are a lot of other
1: reasons for Fitz to stay, but he seems uniquely suited for the college game. Would you agree with that, Andy? I would agree that he not only feels suited for the college game, but for that particular university. I mean, oh, yeah. There's just no other place he should really be. The guy yep. bleeds purple. I think the only guy that bleeds deeper purple is Dave Ennett. Right, and Dave's not coaching yeah. football anytime no. soon. And he's at you know he's only had a few more years invested in it. That's probably sure. why. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a good move because you know sometimes uh, sometimes college coaches don't translate very well to well, for the professional ranks. You've Lou got,
0: Holtz, Nick Saban, Dave yeah.
1: Devine, a lot of guys. I mean, Jimmy you know, Johnson. There's a lot of there's a lot of success stories. Yes, yeah, but there's also right. some that uh, you know did not do well. And right. Why would you, uh, you know, want to take, take apart a good thing? I mean, he's, he's really developing a nice little pipeline. Uh, you start winning the Big Ten West. You start going to the Big Ten championship game on a regular basis. Yeah. You, you can start you know, naming your recruits and things of that nature. And he just resonates around that campus and resonates around that city uh, of Evanston and, and that university.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's rare that you get a guy who's got that kind, those kind of ties to the place he's coaching. I mean, exactly. He and he and Northwestern are synonymous. And yeah, maybe they're You know, it's to get an NFL head coaching gig is a high profile mm-hmm. honor. But there's no there's no shame in being a top tier college coach. There's no shame
1: in being happy where yes, you are. Exactly. There's and, no shame in that at all. Right.
0: Nobody nobody says, hey, you know. You're a failure because you didn't try to get... No. No. You, you enjoy where you're at. And if you're providing for your family... Exactly. You're all good. And he's, he gets along with Jim Phillips, the athletic director. He gets along with the university president. They've got the uh, the new lakefront facility. Mm-hmm. Everything is coming up roses in yeah. Evanston. Why throw that away to go somewhere else?
1: Yeah. And, you know, take the chance that you may not succeed. And again, that's not saying that he sure. would Because he probably would. Just because we know well, how, great, how hard he works He's and a great yeah.
0: motivator. And sometimes... But... But he's a great motivator for young guys. It's a mm-hmm. different, and and we've it seen is. this in all sports. It's a different once you're dealing with guys who are being paid and that have been in the league for a long time, and guys who think they know everything, or you come up against a franchise quarterback mm-hmm. uh, who knows better. You know, he's not. You're just some new coach. Why would I listen to you? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's you the know? truth. I mean, it's really difficult to go right from college to the pros as a head coach if you don't have other coaching experience under your belt in that league. A lot of those guys that went back to being head coaches were assistants, too. And if
0: you have no desire to go, why bother bother? taking the interviews? Yeah, why why they wasting anybody's time? Yeah, ever. the Packers don't have to waste their time. Fitz isn't wasting his time. So good news for the Wildcats. Uh, Very exciting. We'll talk Bears on the other side of the news. It's 430 on 720 WGN. With that news, here's Kim Gordon. And in for Rokon and Andrew Valente, they'll be back with you on Monday after five o'clock. It's the top five at five, and then the Carnarvon wagon will roll, and we will have a live music Friday with Iron Horse. So a lot coming up before we're out of here at seven o'clock. Uh, I don't know what rock you've been living under. If you don't know that the Bears are playing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at Soldier Field, the Wild Card game. For the NFL playoffs, kickoff oh, kickoffs at three forty. Very, very exciting. You'll hear, you'll hear the Hogan Johns uh, show after this. They're bringing their podcast to the air to uh, talk all about Bears at seven o'clock. But right now, the man who uh, covers the Bears for Fox Thirty Two, a regular with the Rokon Show, Sweet Lou Canellis, Lou, thanks for coming on today. Uh, bears fever has swept the region.
8: It's about time, right? Yes. I mean, heck, we've waited it, the last
9: you're... eight years
0: for this. Oh, man, it's it's been a long, a long, long time. And it's nice to see, as the season got going, Bears' fever start to really take over again. People, people were genuinely excited. People were talking about the Bears with a smile on their face. So this has been an unbelievably great turnaround, uh, a little earlier than everybody thought.
8: Well yeah because you know Matt Nagy took over first year Brian and there was no telling how quickly this team would turn around and uh, I don't know how many people thought out there that the Bears would go from worst to first in his first season, but sure enough, they did. It was just a year ago they were five and eleven, suffering through their fourth consecutive ten loss plus season, another last place finish, and now here they are, NFC North champs, getting ready to host the Eagles in a in a playoff game at Soldier Field on Sunday. I mean, it's just been a dream season, and I I understand the trepidation of Bears fans out there to get. <laughs> Too excited too fast because nah. we've been disappointed for so many years. But now that I think the especially the defense, Brian, has proven that this yes. is a team that potentially could end up in Atlanta. I mean, we're not kidding ourselves anymore. That's how good this D is. And it's I don't buy into this, oh, let's not get our hopes too
0: high. Listen, we as you said, eight years since a playoff game. Uh from Worst to first this year with Matt Nagy. Why not get excited? What's there? You know, if if disappointment comes, so be it. But why not enjoy the ride and get behind it full throttle?
8: Hey, man. Hey, listen. The Eagles went 9-7 and seven last year, snuck into the playoffs yeah. and won a Super Bowl for the first time since 1960. It's all about going out and winning the ultimate, hoisting the Lomb- Lombardi Trophy. So if it means that the Bears did it a, a, a year, does anyone... Listen. <laughs> Did the Cubs do it a year early? Yes. Did anyone say, oh, wait, no, let, well, we want to wait another year before the Cubs win a World Series. No, they said, let's go out and grab it, and they did it in Cleveland. And, hey, if it happens this year, then go for it. Why not? All right,
0: let's 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 start looking at some things, because you mentioned the defense. There's not too many things that, as Bears fans, you could look at and go, wow, this is a huge source of concern. The only thing that that a lot of people are, are looking at is Cody Parkey. Uh, missed another one in Minnesota. Uh, you know Matt Nagy doing some uh, two-point conversion plays. People are theorizing, "Oh, is that because he doesn't have confidence?" He said he does have confidence in Cody Parkey. What are, What are we hearing this week as as they prepare for the playoff games about their kicker?
8: Well, li- listen. The guy's got three misses from thirty to thirty-nine yards. He's forty-two for forty-five and extra points, and only four more four kickers in the NFL have missed more than he has. So that's a concern, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. There's a reason why Cody Parkey three days this week, in the morning, went to Soldier Field and kicked with other guys on special teams, because his head coach doesn't have 100% confidence in him. He can tell the media what he wants. He had him here on the lakefront to get used to kicking in these weather conditions. Now, albeit the weather conditions are supposed to be terrific on Sunday, so I'm not sure it's going to be much of a concern, but the kick the kid needs to get acclimated to the surroundings of kicking in Soldier Field, which is one of the tougher bowls in the NFL, and he did that this week. And you know what? After he practiced in the morning grind, he went back to, uh, to to Lake Forest and he practiced again with his teammates at noon. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to alleviate anyone's concerns out there because. The proof is in the pudding, and so far it hasn't been a good yeah. season for Cody Parkey. But uh, we just at this point have to throw caution to the win and hope he comes through.
0: And that's nothing new. He did that earlier in the season, went to Soldier Field, and, and former Bears kickers have done that too, gone and uh, done some of their practicing at Soldier Field. So nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary there except for the fact that, as you mentioned, only four kickers in the NFL. Uh, not doing or missed more than he does. Uh, Andy, yes. Maser wants
1: to jump in. Sweet Lou, how are you, man? What's going on, Bigay? Uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts, too, about Matt Nagy. We talk about him a lot, and the fact that uh, I don't know what everybody really expected from this guy that had never been a head coach and had the uh, the issue that he did uh, with the Chiefs in that playoff game against Tennessee, but the culture change up there has been so uh, unreal, unmistakable. I'm just curious your thoughts on how quickly he was able to do that, and, and how was he able to accomplish
8: that? You know, when you have the opportunity to meet Matt Nagy, and I don't know if you have, Andy, but I I had a chance to sit down with him right after he got the job back in January of last year. And we did a one-on-one interview, and I remember walking away, and here's why I was impressed. He is smart enough to know what he doesn't know. He believes in surrounding himself with people that are smarter than he is in certain aspects of the game. So if it meant going to Ted Phillips and Ryan Pace and George McCaskey and saying, listen, do whatever you need to do financially to keep Vic Fangio around, because I don't know anything about defense. I know a lot about offense, but nothing about defense. And this is a top 10 defense, and I'd like to keep it here consistent, then go out and do it. That's a man that has no ego, that comes to the game and is willing to listen to his players and build a winning culture. It's not a guy like John Fox, who came into town with far more experience as a head coach, albeit a Super Bowl under his belt, but a guy who had, you know, ruled the way. He had run an organization. That's why I think Nagy works. He works with these players. He's very, very open-minded. There's a back and forth that he has with his players, but there's still respect that his players have with him. And that's why I think this team finished 12 and four. And it's why I think he deserves to be the NFL coach of the year.
0: All right, Lou, you've been around Vic Fangio for a long time. Uh, we kept the Bears were able to keep him this year. He's going to rumors are he's going to interview with Denver. Is there any way, if Vic Fangio is offered a head coaching job, that the Bears can keep him? with the With the way things are going, with the quick turnaround, and the fact that the defense is now on par with '85 and '86, where people are excited, this is a this is what the Bears defense is supposed to be. How can the Bears keep him in
8: house? Well, number one, he likes it here. I mean, Brian, that's always let's good. Be honest, and, and he was told a long time ago by. Jim Finks, the all-time great general manager of the Chicago Bears, that if you coach in this town and you coach well, don't ever leave. And I think Buddy Ryan learned that. Mm -hmm. Um, He likes it here. He loves his players. His players love him. He's incredibly loyal to his assistants. And, you know, he's interviewed for the top job three times before over the course of his, uh, his coaching career. He did it with the Bears last season. 2015 he did it with the Niners, and then he did it 22 years ago with the San San Diego Chargers, back then the Chargers were in San Diego in 97. So just because a team comes to calling doesn't mean Vic's the type of guy at the age of 60 who says, hey, you know what, I'm going to take off because I always wanted to be a head coach. There's nothing wrong with being the best at what you do, and that is being the best defensive coordinator in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised that if the Bears up the ante, he stuck around.
0: Very nice. Well, let's stay on the defense for a minute. Uh, we know the Eagles' Zach Ernst, unbelievable tight end, and uh, we know that uh, Nick Foles is, has a strong arm and likes to go deep. Do you see the defense making any big changes to to counter those two aspects?
8: Well, let's talk about Foles because the guy just has some type of magic, seems, over the last couple of years. You, you, I, I read a great story today. Nick Foles is a guy who's had... 26 regular season victories as a starter over seven seasons. And he's got more Super Bowl rings than Dan Marino. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. And and Marino threw for over 61,000 yards. Um, the guy's just got the touch when it comes to this point in the season. Sure enough, like he did last year when he rolled the, the Eagles to the Super Bowl, uh, they're on a roll again. He's won four 4-5, thrown for over 1400, 1,400 yards. And the Eagles are playing well. What you do with a guy like Foles is he's not fleet of foot, so you put pressure on him. And you make sure that guys like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks coming up the middle are putting pressure on him and forcing him out of the pocket. He's a smart quarterback, can throw a deep ball. That's why I think it's oh so important that Eddie Jackson's back in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Playing a little practice a little bit more today. I feel good that they'll give him a shot on Sunday. I'm not sure how effective they'll be out there with the bad wheels. Zach Ertz in the middle of the football field. Listen, against every other team, he was terrific. Set a franchise record with 116 catches for a tight end in the NFL this year. But... But he has not faced a 4 cement linebacker like the Bears, so let's see how much room he has in the middle of the football field on Sunday.
0: All right, let's look at uh, let's look at Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. No playoff experience. Last time he played the Eagles did not go well. Now, granted, everything has changed for him since uh, since their first meeting. How is his demeanor been this week? Uh, from all reports, everything seems calm, uh, and the environment last week in Minnesota equaled playoff uh, a playoff experience how do you think Mitch is going to handle things on Sunday
8: I actually think he's going to be terrific and I don't think the kid gets enough credit in this market I know that we all expected Joe Namath in year one of this new (laughs) offensive system and it's just not realistic listen when you think about what this kid did last week in a hostile environment in Minnesota against a Vikings team that needed to win to get into the playoffs. I mean, this was a desperate squad, considered one of the top defenses in the NFL, your NFC North champion a year ago, and he did it without his three top receivers, folks, for much of the game last week. All right? And that 16-play, 75-yard, nine-minute drive at the end when he converted four third downs can't be overlooked. So give the kid credit, but it starts with his... It starts with his coach, guys. Man, Nagy has put him in a position to win. He's put him in a position to succeed on the football field. And let me throw some numbers at you under Nagy. Listen, in his first season under Nagy, he improved his percentage, his completion completion percentage from 59 to 66%. His passer rating from 77 to 95%. Nice. And his touchdown passes from 7 to 24. It starts with the head coach who was a former quarterback, a former quarterback's coach and a former offensive coordinator, which makes Ryan Pace the executive of the year because what he did was he surrounded his number two pick in the draft two years ago with a guy who was going to make him one of the best in the league. Is Mitchell Trubisky going to be a Hall of Famer? I'm not saying that, but Joe Flacco is not a Hall of Famer either, and the Baltimore Ravens won a Super Bowl with him. That's all I'm asking for from this kid.
1: All right, I have a theory, Lou, and I want you to Uh-oh. let me know if this is uh, this is on par or not because it's great that all the numbers with uh, with Mitch are good as far as the passing is concerned. He's got Allen Robinson back and all this and that, but you know, last couple of weeks it's been Jordan Howard a little bit more at the forefront of the offense, and I kind of think Nagy sandbagged him a little bit because. This is the kind of time you need that big running attack. You need the big running attack during the playoffs, and now it's starting to round into a little bit of form.
8: Well, I think here I, I think that in Howard's case, Matt was so focused on the quarterback position and making sure Trubisky learned his system. I remember when he took the job, he said it took Alex Smith four years to learn that system in Kansas City, so. He was so focused on trying to get the kid to learn a new offensive scheme that he actually didn't pay enough attention to the running game. And then as you get into the winter months in this town and you start to feel more comfortable with your quarterback, now you can say, okay, I know I've got number 24 here. The organization has has ridden the Howard train the last two seasons in town. Now I can lean on him again. And sure enough, Jordan Howard has been terrific in the month of December. So I don't think it's by coincidence that suddenly the running games got better, has has improved. I think it's just that they've made it more of a focal point. And what they've done is they've taken the – the burden off of Mitch to try to do too much, and it's one of the reasons why, Andy, the guy hasn't thrown an interception in three games. They've won four in a row, three big games. They beat the Packers, they beat the Niners, and they beat the Vikings, and the kid did not make a mistake. That can't be overlooked.
0: All right, Andy's been talking about this. Everybody's saying the the, the atmosphere is loose up there. Yes. Loose at Hall. Everybody, UBU, everybody UBU. Lou, what do you think the keys are for the Bears on Sunday to defeat the
8: Eagles? Well, I think, number one, they've got to slow down Nick Foles because if Nick Foles has thrown the football around Soldier Field with success like he has in four of the last five games, they're in trouble. I don't think it happens. There's too many veterans on this defense. I love the fact that they've got – the Bears have limited playoff experience, but most of it exists on defense. Hicks, Mack, Trevathan, Amukamara – all have played in playoffs. They've all played on this stage. So I don't think the defense bends against Nick Foles, number one. Number two, don't put Mitch in a position where he's going to turn over the football. And number three, run it with number 24, Jordan Howard.
0: You want to make a prediction?
8: I like the Bears to win 24-10.
0: Nice. Well, let's uh, from your mouth to God's ears, Lou, uh, let's hope that's the case. We'll be watching you on Sunday. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Lou.
8: Guys, we got the post-game show right after the game on Fox, so please turn over to Fox.
0: All right, Lou, take care. There you go. That's Lou Kanellis. He's with Lou all the time. You guys talk to to him all the time. It's great great to talk to Lou. I haven't seen him in a while, so it was good to have him on. All right, Kim, what do you got coming up at 5?
2: Brian, we have several fire departments on the scene of a natural gas main break in Elk Grove Village.
0: All right. Brian Noonan in for Rowan Anna. They'll be back with you on Monday. We've got the Top 5 of 5, then the Carnarvill wagon, then live music with Iron Horse. It is going to be an excellent way to uh, enjoy yourself if you are sitting on 294. Uh, Violetta is on her way down here, I believe, because uh, that is unbelievable. Again, if you are trying to, if you're going to get on southbound 294, change your mind. Three hours from Lake Cook Road to 95th, three lanes closed there due to an earlier fire. Uh two cars were on fire there so three lanes are closed southbound 294 is completely a disaster area. Yeah, that's you said 3 hours. I'm not exaggerating. No. I'm not pulling that number out of my uh out of my hair. It's
7: 161 minutes.
0: Well, listen, uh this is the next 2 hours are going to be exciting. Then Hogan Johns are coming in to talk bears so if you're stuck in your car, we got we got you covered here on WGN. Uh but no matter, I'm going to be honest, no matter how entertaining the radio content is, if I'm sitting in my car for three hours, I don't care because I'm screaming. So uh, use one of your, uh, would the Traffics app help people, Violetta, get around that 294?
7: Oh, definitely, yeah, you could download that. Look
0: at that. Look
7: traffic at, with an X.
0: Traffic with an X. I know you're a big proponent of that, so I want to uh, get people out of there. And If you're, if you're sitting there, oh well. Uh, well, you
7: can use 88 as an alternate, uh, but you're definitely going to want to steer clear of southbound 294. Yeah, all right,
0: uh, and that's but once you get south of 95th I, Street, me, I, you're I, good. I,
7: I meant 83, Kingery Highway.
0: Yeah, once you get south of 90 of 95th Street, you should be all right.
7: Yes, once right. you pass that, but uh, it's backed up all the way to Surmac oh, right. at the moment.
0: That is crazy, just 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 crazy. All right, well, enough of that. If you're sitting in it, you know it's horrible, uh, and the more I harp on it, the angrier you're going to get. So I'll just do this. Uh-oh. Five on
4: the Rocon Show. Five. Let's go. Four, three. Two. One. Now, it's the top five at five on the Rocon Show with Anna Toflantis. Sponsored by the Hip and Knee Center, where they help you feel new again. Ready? Yes. Yes. Get
10: on with it.
0: Uh, relax. No big deal. You don't have to get so crazy. We're going to get on with it. It is the top five at five. And uh, without any further ado... Number five. Here we go. An ominous warning from Democrats after they met with uh, President Trump at the White House today. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says President Trump told them that the partial shutdown of the government could continue for a long time as a fight over the president's border wall proposal continues.
8: Bottom line is very simple. We made a plea to the president once again. Don't hold millions of Americans, hundreds of thousands of workers hostage. Open up the government and let's continue the discussion. We told the president we needed the government open. He resisted. In fact, he said he'd keep the government closed for a very long period of time, months or even years.
0: Well, and uh, the president again yesterday saying that people people are behind him on this when the polls show um, they are actually not behind him on this, and uh, just not good. And th- reports today coming out that some Senate Republicans are starting to say, you know what, uh, this is this is not good because they're the House sent us a six part package, everything we had said yes to a few weeks ago, and now we're going to say no, and this doesn't make sense. So. No matter what the president is saying at this point, uh, when all that is holding the government back from being open is his insistence to get that five billion for the border wall, when you know they're they're still going to fund homeland security through February, short term. I know it's uh, another one of those kick the can down the road things, but at some point, if you're a Republican, you have to say, "Listen, is it better for us?" to show the American public that we're willing to negotiate, we're willing to open up the government, because right now it's not only the 800,000 federal employees that are in trouble, it's everybody who is uh, contracted with the federal government. All of those businesses are starting to suffer as well. So it is uh, it is imperative that they figure out something. And if, you know, that the, the wall is going to be, he's going to live or die on this wall. And I have a feeling uh, the Democrats are not going to give in, and now there are going to be some cracks in the Republican stronghold, and that will change as well. Oh man, it just it gets worse and worse every day, and it's like, come on, one day, oh man, we're gonna we'll we'll hold out as long as we can. Okay, well, we'll see how that works come election time. Number four. Number four, Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, who was sworn in earlier yesterday, is coming out of the gate swinging at President Trump. Speaking to a crowd at a reception held by the progressive group Move On near Capitol Hill last night, the new congresswoman made a sharply worded pledge.
2: People love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there we're going to impeach the mother... (laughs)
9: <laughs>
7: uh, that's an interesting thing to say to your son. <laughs> well, sure. But uh, didn't your mom swear at you like that, Violetta? Negative. No, it is, uh, you know,
0: I understand being all caught up in the moment, but, and I understand, you know, if that's how you feel, that's fine. But there is a certain level of decorum, I think, that uh, an elected official needs to demonstrate. To well, their especially constituents. when she's
7: talking about a bully.
0: Right. So if, if this is how you feel... And listen, there's a lot of people who feel that way for the way uh, the president has talked about women, the way he has talked about uh, immigration, the way he has talked about immigrants. Uh, a lot of people feel that way. But now you are in a responsible position. You represent the people in Michigan who brought you to office. Your sentiment is fine. You need to... At some point, you need to watch your wording because, unfortunately... Or fortunately, that's that's what people will remember. That's what anybody who opposes your line of thinking, it makes you look less when you use that kind of profanity. We have another cut from the representative. Oh, from, oh the president is responding.
11: to Please. Well, I thought her comments were disgraceful. Uh, this is a person that I don't know. I assume she's new. Uh, I think she... Dishonored herself, and I think she dishonored her family. Using language like that in front of her son and whoever else was there, I thought that was a great dishonor to her and to her family. I thought it was highly disrespectful to the United States of America.
0: I don't know if it was disrespectful to the entire country, but I will agree with the president that it was not, it was not the best choice of words for an elected official. It was, not, it was not what you want your representative to say.
7: Well, it just kind of took a turn, too. Like, she was talking sweetly about her son, and then it was like, I didn't see that coming.
11: Well, we've got a couple more clips on this. Go ahead. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. That's the way I view it. I've probably done more in the first two years than any president, any administration in the history of our country. You look at tax cuts, you look at regulations, you look at what we've done for the vets, you look at the rebuilding of the military and the numbers that we're talking about and and many other things. I can give you a list. It's pages long. So I think it's very hard to impeach somebody who's done a great job. It's the first time the president is actually using that word. And I guess,
0: well, he has to, because that was the word that was brought up by the the representative. We got more from the
11: president. And we even talked about that today. I said, why don't you use this for impeachment? And Nancy said, we're not looking to impeach you. I said, that's good, Nancy. That's good. But you know what? You don't impeach people when they're doing a good job. And you don't impeach people when there was no collusion, because there was no collusion. Uh, You know Russians better than I do, Kevin, okay? There was no collusion. I didn't need Russians to help me win Iowa. I didn't need Russians to help me win the great state of Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. I won them because I went there and I campaigned hard. And my opponent didn't go there enough. And she lost.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know. Again, when when you're trying to make a point, and it's, I don't care who you are. When you're trying to make a point and you start using profanity, you're never going to get that point across. And if the president uh, feels he's done a good job and he can't be you can you can impeach someone for one act. It doesn't have to be the entirety of their administration. A person can be impeached for one, one thing. And yes, that could discredit all the good you've done, but one mistake can get you out. So it has... Uh, nothing to do with just one act. We will continue the top five at five in just a minute. But first, let's go to the newsroom. Kim, what do you got
2: for 530? Brian, not one, but two triple transplants at a Chicago hospital.
0: Will the Pacers cruise to a victory? Or will marketing and the Bulls stop Indy in their tracks? Bulls, Pacers, tonight at 7, WGN-TV. Oh, my goodness we are in the midst of uh, the top five at five so let us commence shall we
5: number
0: three number three netflix said 45 million subscriber accounts worldwide watched the sandra bullock thriller bird box during its first seven days on the service the biggest first week success of any movie made for the company's nearly 12 year old streaming service under no
12: circumstance Are you allowed to take off your blindfold? If I find that you have, I will hurt you. Do you understand? We have blankets. Boy, you have your dog. Girl, you have your kitty. This is just a place. There's nothing more that we need from it. Do you understand?
0: Uh, Relax, Sandra. Lil Rel and uh, Travante Rhodes starred alongside Sandra Bullock in the Netflix hit, and Rel says he found Bullock to be hilarious on the set.
1: She's hysterical, and she don't stop,
0: which is
4: very interesting. I'm like... She's way funnier than I thought she would be. Actually, I'm like, so it was so funny after we did the movie. I started watching stuff I saw, like you know, like Miss Kajian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to be like, oh yeah, she's hysterical. I remember <laughs> seeing it at the time. Like, did they write that for? her?
0: Or she just, no, she's really nice. funny. There you go. I watched it. Um, mm. Not impressed. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, yeah, not uh, you know. If you've seen a quiet place, if you've seen other movies like you, you've seen it.
7: Yeah, but yeah. I, I liked it. and I liked, Did you? I liked that it wasn't gory, it was just suspenseful. Yeah,
0: but the, the end was... I,
7: um. Yeah, I feel like... No spoiling. But, uh, as I heard Brian say, it might just be because they're planning on doing more. So this laid down the groundwork.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't... Listen, I don't want to watch a movie that's just laying groundwork for another movie. I want to watch a movie that has a story with a beginning, middle, end, and if there is... If there is a way to to do another movie, a sequel, then that's fine, but I don't want you to make me sit through 2 hours and 5 minutes just because you are laying Waiting the for groundwork. To happen. Yeah, trying to get me to watch something else for another 2 hours and 5 minutes. Boo. Uh, but I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the suckers. I bought into the hype. I watched it. I could believe it. Uh, will I be watching the Oscars? I don't know. But uh, I don't know if uh, Kevin Hart is going to be the host. Number two, Kevin Hart and Ellen DeGeneres had what Ellen calls a quote incredible and honest conversation end quote about Hart's reasons for stepping down as host of the Oscars that aired today on the Ellen DeGeneres Show. Hart made the decision after ten year old homophobic tweets of his were unearthed for which the Motion Picture Academy said he needed to apologize before he could host the Academy Awards. Hart declined, saying he'd already apologized, and he didn't want to legitimize what he viewed as a personal attack by
13: whomever unearthed the tweets. I don't know who follows me or who doesn't. I'm on social media every day. I got over 40,000 tweets. To go through 40,000 tweets to get back to 2008, that's an attack. That's a malicious attack. On my character. That's an attack to end me. That's not an attack to just stop the Oscars. This is what I want people to understand. That's an attack to end me. Yeah, it makes sense.
0: And I, I'm, I'm with him 100%. Uh, because, you, you know, your views can evolve over a decade. If they don't evolve over a decade, you got
13: problems. But your views can evolve.
0: We hear a little more from Kevin.
13: This was to destroy me. This was to end all partnerships, all brand relationships, all investment opportunities, studio relationships, my production company and the people that work underneath me. This was to damage the lives that have been invested in me. It's bigger than just the Oscars. It's about the individuals that are out there now that are finding success and damage. Yeah, listen,
0: uh, when I used to do stand-up, there's things that I talked about when I was new, jokes that I would never make now. You know why? Because I'm, I'm older, I'm hopefully a little bit smarter, and I'm a little more compassionate than I used to be back then. And as I'm sure Kevin Hart is, or I hope he is, and a lot of people. If you go back, I, I challenge you to go back on yourself 10 years ago and see if you said something that you're not ashamed of. Because we all have. Uh, and thank God there was no social media you know for a lot of people so you know good for him and i know ellen had taped this and then the producers they were going to uh, run it next week but it was one of those things that uh, they thought was important enough to air today and then of course ellen was taking a huge oh man social media turned on ellen everybody loves ellen uh, social media turned on her because she was you know uh, she told Kevin Hart that he should go back and host the Oscars, and she uh, she understood and, and accepted the apology, and knew that he had. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. Let the internet
7: do whatever.
5: <laughs> Let the internet number do whatever
0: one, this. number one. Every time a new season of The Bachelor rolls around, contestants do seriously out there things to get the attention of their potential future mate. From the looks of it uh, in the previews, this year's no exception, contestant Brianna, who goes by Brie, had a very interesting tactic for getting Colton's attention. Uh, This is next level con artist activity.
5: Colton, what's your name? Brie. Brie.
2: So nice to meet you.
5: Nice to meet you. You got a nice accent.
2: Where are you from? Um, The accent is Australian. I was hoping that you're kind of a sucker for accents. I (laughs) am. I didn't know what you think about it.
12: I love it. I'll see you inside, all right? Okay, sounds good.
2: I'm not really Australian, but you have to do what you can to stand out.
12: <laughs> what? <laughs> she just yeah. faked an Australian accent? She faked
0: accent? an Australian accent to lure her man into her web.
7: She then, lured her in. But, but When is she going to drop it?
0: I don't, well, she she's dropped it in the... Is that a confessional? I, I will say I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor, so I don't know how this works. Oh, that was the conf- that was in the confessional when she dropped it?
7: Yeah, she should have oh. kept it as a secret, like, until yes. the final episode.
0: Until she got the rose. And then,
7: hello! No, uh, uh,
0: haha! I'm not really from Australia. I'm, I'm from... I'm saying,
7: uh, like, months down the road.
0: Sure. Oh, after they'd been together?
7: Yeah. Really? I mean, if you're going to lie, <laughs> lie.
0: But what about... Do, now, I do they take them... Do they go home like they used to do on American Idol? If they get down to the final couple, do they go back to, you know...
7: Yeah, they go to the family hometown visit.
0: Well, that's you know, if they go to uh, you know for Your the whole visit, going to
7: like you anyway. Who cares if you lied in the beginning? Mm, well, yeah, but come if you...
0: on now, come on. Where are you from? Oh, they go to the bachelor's house. They don't go to the the woman's house.
7: No, they go Oh, to the
0: okay. At think. some at some point, uh, this whole you want to start to things? be uncovered. Yeah, with a giant oh, lie. Oh, when
7: you guys think that starting on the show is just based on true love. Well, no, no, but
1: still, I mean, you can't you can't take it that much further. Can no, you? no, the whole thing the whole thing is awful. It's uh, very very distasteful. Yeah. But, the next minute of that I watch will be the first but i tell you what i do like the australian accent i'm not going to lie to you that's uh, yeah so that, that's why it'd be would be a bummer if you found out that it wasn't really true right
0: exactly it'd be like if violetta was uh, you know had some uh, wonderful english accent or something and she did her traffic reports as this. and then you met violetta out on the street she's like hey how's it going yeah, it's me violetta this is how i really talk we got traffic what where's the where's the uh, the british girl who does traffic all the time uh, She she's a creation of my mind
7: but, you know, she's pretty good at the accent, She's so great at the accent. Maybe he'll just say, you know, okay. Yeah,
0: just continue talking. Shh, I don't want to hear your real voice. <laughs> Brie, bree? No, no. It's all Australian. That's it. Just... No, no. It's all Australian all the time. Toss a shrimp on the barbie and say something sexy to me.
1: The Top 5 at 5.
0: All right, and on that note, we head to the newsroom. It's five thirty on seven twenty WGN. The Canarble wagon rolls on the other side with the folks from Make Room for Truman from Park Ridge. That's on the other side, but right now, these uh, this news report is sponsored by Penny Mustard
1: Furnishings. Here's Kim Gordon to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yeah! I'm
5: drink man, I'm gonna get gas. Gonna get high. a triple shot of that stuff Gonna get drunk all, not so listen right here I want one bourbon one shot one beer One bourbon and one shot One beer Tastes great, makes women appear more attractive and makes a person virtually invulnerable to
13: criticism Alcohol is a way of life Alcohol is my way of life And I aim to keep it Find it, buy it, make it I don't care Just get me some booze and fast I can't take
5: this much longer I gotta have a beer Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir Colton, what's your name? Bree Bree
2: So nice to meet you
12: Nice to meet you You got a nice accent
2: Where are you from? Um, The accent is
6: Australian I was hoping that you're kind of a sucker for accents I (laughs) am I didn't know what you think about it
12: I love it I'll see you inside, All right?
2: Okay, sounds good I'm not really Australian, but you
0: have to do what you can to stand out. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of doing what you have to do to stand out... uh, Are things
7: heating up in
2: here?
0: They are. Violetta has come down into the studio. The Carnarvon wagon is rolling, and... uh... Don't call the fire department. It's on fire. Yes, there is there is quite a bit of smoke. Uh, I'm listen. I blame Jeff. I am not taking any responsibility for this. But when uh, Hogan Johns come in, they're gonna go. Oh, are you guys having a barbecue? No, we were just welcoming. Uh, our friends from Make Room for Truman. Make Room for Truman is the newest restaurant in Uptown Park Ridge. It's a contemporary kitchen and bar serving timeless American fare, featuring a unique steak selection and handcrafted cocktails, some of which come to you, obviously, on fire. Uh, Joe Didio is the managing partner, and Denver Jones is the head bartender. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. I will, uh, I will say this is the first time in all my years that uh, I've ever been in the studio when it's been full of smoke. Uh, so welcome. This is nice. When did well, you guys you. open?
12: Uh, about three months ago. Three That's months
0: September ago, December twenty seventh. And how's uh, how's downtown Park Ridge?
12: Oh, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean the community has really welcomed us, and it's uh, it's been a it's been really uh, a great experience.
0: So what's what's I I read the I read the official press you know concept of the restaurant. But Joe, tell me tell, tell me what people can expect when they come in to make room for Truman.
12: Uh, it really starts with our uh, scratch kitchen and our food. You know, we serve timeless uh, American fair food. Our recipes are inspired by some of our favorite cooks, uh, like our grandparents and our parents. Nice. Uh, our, slow co- our cooking techniques are—you know—we we go back to old school of slow roasting, uh, rotisserie. Uh, rotisserie is one of the highlights. You know, we have uh, uh, prime rib that we serve several different ways. Juices flowing off the rotisserie, uh, porchetta that we serve on the weekends, pork chops that we brine for thirty-six hours, and rotisserie chicken. We got great wood-fired steaks, you know, beef ribs, pork ribs. Uh, it, it really starts with our, our executive chef James Keen does a great job in that kitchen.
0: Fioletta had a uh, had a question about the menu. She was uh, well, salivating earlier. Yes, <laughs> well,
7: I went on your social media platforms, and there's some really nice <laughs> pictures on there. I saw the prime rib, delicious. But the thing that stuck out to me was the chicken pot pie with the salad. What is that?
12: That's actually our newest, uh, our newest dish. Uh, we started serving it on Tuesdays as a special, okay. and it's kind of taken off. So we'll be serving it straight through January every Tuesday. It's a uh, homemade uh, rotisserie chicken uh, that we make in our pot pie. We use onions, carrots, celery. Um, we it's a buttered crust. We actually take our chicken bones from the rotisserie chicken and make a homemade au jus mm. out of it, mm-hmm. and then put some fresh herbs on it and bake it off. It's, it's uh, hard it's to
7: a find part. a chicken pot pie these days. Yeah, you unless
14: know? you go to the freezer section yeah. of your local jewel. <laughs> exactly. it's and perfect. For <laughs> this time of year, too. Exactly. Yeah, people love it.
0: Yeah, that goes yeah. back to what you were saying, Joe, about the comfort foods from your favorite uh, cooks, whether it's your parents or your grandparents. This is something your mom would make in the winter, and you go, oh, man, this is terrific.
12: Absolutely.
7: Is it kind of like the tw- a twist on like a supper club?
12: Uh I mean a little bit. I mean it the, the whole concept is that we, we get everything in we source locally, fresh every single day. Okay. We slow cook it, slow roast it, brine our meats, make our house marinades, and it, basically we get ready to uh to serve it at four o'clock when we open and uh it just got that much flavor on it.
14: It's like uh, higher end comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to tell people. But it doesn't
7: yeah. look like overly comforting, no, you know? It would, like no. it's still like it's still fresh and right. Contemporary Just not Yeah it's heavy not and, It's
0: not you know Just ladled out On a platter It's yeah. beautiful Presentation And the, as you said uh,
14: Nice fresh ingredients Local ingredients The so. sides alone Are amazing in themselves I mean people What's your come.
0: favorite As a bartender Because you don't get Time to sit down and, and eat a full dinner So what would you Grab for your sides If you were just A uh, Snacking behind uh,
14: the Well, one for sure is the poblano au gratin potatoes Ooh. Absolutely amazing Just enough uh, spice to it You know, it's not hot, it's not overwhelming But it's absolutely amazing We have, hands down, the best macaroni and cheese in town Really? Yes
0: Now, see, and that's a that's a bold claim Because everywhere, <laughs> and Joe, you know this Every restaurant, oh, mac and cheese is the big thing uh, And they're putting a million different things in there Do you, do you keep it simple? Do you dress it up? What, uh, what's
14: your mac and cheese? Since it, yeah, since, uh, since you brought it up, Debra. <laughs> um, well, we do the, like, it's classic. So, of course, we top it with the breadcrumbs sure. and everything. Um, I believe there's about three or four different cheeses that go into that. Nice. <laughs> yes. Important, and, very important. Yeah, I believe there's some aged white cheddar, uh, Gruyere. I believe if I'm saying that correct. I mean, yeah, yeah. Enough, yeah. <laughs>
7: it's cheesy. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I'm but not
14: Captain Fromage over here. You could. The, the second I stuff. tell people to try it, though, the first time they have it, they come back just for. I mean, we have people that come and order just our sides. To That's go and everything Sounds so, alright Yeah, it's absolutely amazing
0: Now the food is always The food's always a big draw But let's be honest We're here to drink yeah. uh, uh And right. the, as I was looking At the cocktail menu And looking at what you guys Brought in It is uh, It's unbelievable Now Denver where, where were you Before you went to uh, Make room for Truman
14: I'm actually from Texas Okay So But I have been living here In Chicago for four years now Very nice And I've uh, been with Truman Since the start uh, Very nice Very exciting uh, A lot of hard work's gone into it But the reception From the community And everything has been Absolutely wonderful.
0: Well, people want to go out and they're, you know, some people want just your basic drink, but some people want a nice cocktail. And as I'm looking at the menu, that's
14: what you guys seem to be focusing on, right? Yes. uh, Mitchie uh, created this uh, cocktail list that we have here and um our we focus on we have your bartender classics of course like all bars but sure. our feature or our focus is on our handcrafted cocktails okay. and like uh, one that you were just talking about like our smoked old fashioned we- Yeah
0: let's start with that because uh you came in here and you had I saw you setting up out there. You had some uh, contraption that <laughs> looked like an air pump, and then you set yeah. it on fire, and uh, and things got crazy. So, what is this? What is the smoked old-fashioned? Because I like a regular old-fashioned. I've never right. had a smoked
14: old-fashioned. Well, this one's uh, actually very uh, interesting. Uh, we use the Knob Creek Smoked Maple. It's a 90-proof bourbon. Okay. And it is your traditional old-fashioned, but since it has a natural sweetness from the maple syrup. We skipped the sugar part on the Old Fashioned. Oh, okay. So, uh, Because it doesn't need it to be overly sweet right, right, right. in that sense. And uh, your classic uh, Angostura bitters, orange bitters, and club soda. And then we smoke it in our vessels with uh, real hickory wood. And we sometimes rotate the wood to different uh, flavors. But right now it's been hickory.
0: What's uh, I know with smoking meat... The, the wood changes the complexity and the flavor of the bourbon. Does it do that with the meat? Does it do the same for the bourbon? So if you used a cherry wood or an apple wood? I was just
14: going to say that's exactly the two other woods that we uh, use sometimes. Okay. Uh, we, I've noticed, though, with the hickory, it complements the maple so much better than any mm-hmm. other. I uh, could do mesquite cherry or applewood but the hickory is what i've learned it meld it melds the best with the bourbon that we have
7: it so smells so good yeah.
14: Yeah. and it, it tastes even better yeah, it smells like a campfire
0: what yeah, is does. that vessel that you were uh, that you smoked
14: it in uh,
0: what is i've never seen something like that outside a lab
14: yeah yeah it looks like something you've seen in an apothecary yes yeah, exactly. absolutely yeah uh, but it's just we've noticed that it's perfect for uh serving it because it captures the uh smoke in there with the okay with the cocktail and then our servers take it to the table you know and they gently swirl it just to help uh so the know.
0: smoke's already. you guys smoke it at the bar we smoke it at put the bar that, put that cap on there
14: yes and then they take it to the table and it is served at the table uh with the smoke and all very nice. You know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little
7: show. I mean, it's like the downtown cocktail there yeah. in Park Ridge. Yeah,
0: well, that's what you, you want a that's little what presentation. That's
7: the hipsters and the millennials want. It this tastes is, just you know, as good. You well, know, old, looks old too. guys
0: like me, Violetta, we like a little show with our drink. It's yeah. not all about a, a brown paper bag and a curb. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we like people to, you know, put on a little show. Make Room for Truman is at 550 West 2E in Park Ridge. MakeRoomfortruman.com is a website. 847 692 6205. Joe, do you take reservation. Do, do you recommend reservations? What's, what's the best way for people to get in there?
12: Yeah, we definitely recommend reservations. Uh, you can make them through Open Table, or our website, or just pick up the phone and give us a call. Perfect. Weekend to get pretty, uh, pretty deep.
0: Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. good. That's a that's a good problem to have. Yes, uh, it place. is. All right, we've got
12: a couple more uh, cocktails. Yeah, from... let's not skip out. No, on no, no.
0: That. Uh, listen. We're gonna we get, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Violet. We're set. But first, we have to go find out what Kim is doing in the news at six.
2: Brian, President Trump says it's not a shutdown. <laughs>
0: Brian Noonan in for Rowan Anna, 720 WGN. The Canarble Wagon is rolling. Violetta is in the studio with me, as are uh, Joe Didio, the managing partner of Make Room for Truman, and Denver Jones, the head bartender. MakeRoomfortruman.com. Somebody texted in, and I should have asked, where'd the name come from? Joe, what's what's going on with the with the name?
12: The name is Truman. Is our signature dessert? Ah, oh. uh, it's you, you can't leave without trying the Truman. It's what a is big the Dutch baby pancake served in an iron cast skillet. It comes right out of the oven, and we serve it tableside with a Truman Tower so of toppings. So Ooh. you can choose either sweet or savory, and then you get some homemade toppings. So you kind of uh and then and then the and then the fun starts with it. You really get to experiment and try it all different types of ways, right?
14: Different wow.
7: toppings,
12: different
14: Sounds jellies, different yeah. fruit. Oh. Oh my you goodness. could eat it right out. A lot of people choose to eat it just directly right out of the skillet, yeah. or you can cut it up and put it on the uh, plates to share, or whatever. Sharing. But yeah. But people <laughs> I like everything. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> sharing is nuts. Uh,
0: and also, tell us, you were telling Violetta, and this is uh, the, how the restaurant is laid out. What the what the theme what's of the vibe? inside? Yeah, what's the vibe? Because Violetta is all about vibe. I am me. I'm about <laughs> drinking and eat.
12: Violetta's is about
7: <laughs> I need the ambiance. Yeah.
12: It's uh it's got a real home feeling and I think that that's what a lot of our guests say uh you know through feedback in the restaurant and social media. It's uh we actually designed it to look like uh like a home, actually kind of like a grandma's house. Okay. And uh each different room has got its own theme. So you got the bar area which is designed to be like a porch. Um you got you got their back area which is our kitchen. It's a little bit brighter. It's got this great kitchen counter where you actually sit there and you have a whole different experience of watching our cooks cook right in front of you. You actually have a station that is directly there where the they there's interaction between the cooks and the guests in there. Oh, we wow. have a, a banquet room, which is called our Supper Club, in the back area. So you can either do it a little more private, or you can open it up. Oh, that's very why nice. I thought it was
14: a Supper Club theme. The, the <laughs> counter option's very unique, and it's very awesome. Because right, so it's not, a, oh, it's not just
7: dinner. It's not just dinner. It's drinks, too. Yeah.
14: Oh, yes. Yeah, it's full service, but you get to see all the inner workings of the kitchen and everything that we do. And then the the chefs you know, slide you little taste and samples of the food while you're there so you're really immersed in everything that's that's going on And people can
0: pop in if they just want to drink right absolutely now again because it's new and it's uh, getting a lot of people a lot of buzz make reservations because the wait can be a long time if you don't have a reservation right
12: absolutely we we definitely recommend it
0: all right we had
14: the smoked old-fashioned
0: which has uh, garnered rave reviews (laughs) uh denver what else you got for us
14: i also brought you guys today we have our hot honey paloma which is made with the uh, Espalon tequila, which is a Blanco tequila. We uh, make it with our local hot honey. Is that, that is, this one?
0: In the tea uh, No,
14: sorry. This is the one right here. Okay. It comes with a salt oh. or sugar uh, rim there. Fancy. And we make it with the tequila, our um, local hot honey that is pepper infused made in-house. Ooh. Ooh, and a little kick. Fresh squeezed lime juice and uh, real grapefruit uh, for a little uh, carbonation there.
0: So it does so have you, you do yeah. get that uh that pepper feel.
14: Yes, yes.
0: But uh, but like you said, Violetta, it also has that light effervescent kind of uh summery vibe. It, yes. And then it hits you with the bang, you get a little
14: pepper in there. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. No, it's, it's absolutely yeah. delicious. And you know, I have not everyone's a tequila person, but right. even people that don't normally drink tequila love this drink. Yeah, you can't really so.
7: taste the tequila. Yeah.
14: No. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's
0: kind of like a, an updated margarita to a point. And it's anyway, uh, it, yeah. Actually, yeah. you can
7: yeah. taste the tequila, it's delicious. Yeah.
14: <laughs> yeah, no, I there like, you go I like
0: a drink where you can You can taste the alcohol Because then you know it's in there And you remember you're drinking But mm-hmm. it's not so much It's not burning
7: you Right if,
0: <laughs> Unless you're drinking, you know Like the in the old fashion I want to taste the bourbon Yeah, Which I yeah. did
14: And it's not too complex But it's just It's a wonderful drink yeah. Absolutely And I also uh, yes, brought so you guys uh, What we do punch bowls there as well, well
0: I saw the giant yeah. punch bowl over there yes! And I love the little It's so cute It's very neat Yeah, I have never seen Uh
14: all the glassware. glassware like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a
0: teacup on a wine stem. And it's,
14: uh, it, again, it goes back to the whole sense of being at home. Yes. You know, like when you go to your grandmother's house, not all the cups are matching. No. You know? <laughs> everything's so, mixed yeah, and matched. So we have My that. My grandmother's so house. Go, I'm going home, yeah. everything's mixed and matched. <laughs> and this one this is actually great. our Hendrix Gin black tea punch bowl. And okay. it's made with uh, Hendrix Gin, our uh, in house uh, pineapple honey syrup. All right. Uh, It is made with the uh, combier rose liqueur, which is a very unique flavor, and uh, also black tea, of course. So, and a lot of people don't realize that gin actually pairs very well with tea.
7: Um, This is delicious, and (laughs) it's adorable the way it comes with the little cups, and it comes with a full punch bowl. Absolutely. How many people do you kind of say that this is for?
14: There, well, there has to be four people at least to has to be yeah. There has to be four. (laughs) Just um, bring three
1: people that don't drink.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Uh,
14: Four for the punch bowl, but we also serve a uh, make room for Truman Moscow Mule, which is a giant Moscow Mule, and it takes somebody texted it
0: about the. Giant gallon size Moscow yes, Mule, yes,
14: and it is uh, unbelievably affordable, and it gets uh, an entire liter bottle of Tito's in there for the, um, Man. and that one had to have, you have to have six to have wow. that one, and yeah. then do you just put straws in them. How does it work? Do yeah, like, yeah, absolutely, like absolutely, absolutely crazy, yeah. crazy straws, yeah, the little like crazy the party straws, bowl. yeah, and they can you know divvy it up amongst themselves or just drink straight from the giant uh, copper mug.
0: Now see this one this one would be dangerous because I didn't really taste the gin. It yes. Uh, I got yeah. the tea flavor and I got yeah. I got the uh the lemon and the
7: honey. And there's something kinda floating in it. What is the... That is
14: actually we have the kiomi leaves. <laughs> okay. Which oh, wasn't is supposed the to be garnish, there. <laughs> but then also what uh gives it a very unique flavor too is we top it with uh rose crystals sugar rose oh crystals.
7: that's what i'm looking at there yeah. nice adorable too I, so
14: the
0: punch bowl you you bring the
14: whole punch bowl to the table here you go absolutely
0: drink up ladle it out yourselves yep that's fun it is fun that is fun look at violetta's yeah. dude, she's gonna I mean, you
7: swim could swim in, in that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at
14: that like woodstock looks at his birdbath here you can
7: look all the way down
9: and we
14: have another one that's served in uh, the crystal punch bowls and it's called the bridge club and that one's made with Stoli. Vodka, and Chambord, and Prosecco, so it's really good. Got a lot of booze uh... in it.
7: I love all the table side Uh stuff, all the sharing. I mean, you can Mm -hmm. get that homey feeling that you guys are talking about, but it's also cool. You know, it's not just... Grandma's well, see, old house yeah,
9: this,
0: yeah. Is, <laughs> this is what you want You want the young people i so The in. vibe is there So Absolutely. what do you say Violetta Is the vibe there
7: The vibe is totally the vi- there The
0: vibe is there You need to get to Make Room for Truman It's at 550 West Tui In Park Ridge The phone number 847-692-6205 Go to MakeRoomForTruman.com And uh, Joe you said We could uh, We can make our reservations Either calling the restaurant We go to Open Table Wherever we are but, but we should Especially on the weekends Really should should you go anywhere on the weekends without a reservation and then complain that you have to wait? Ah. <laughs> uh. No. The, no. the answer is no. I don't care yeah. if you're going to make room for Truman. But well, you don't have room for to... 8
7: people on Saturday night at 6. Right.
14: Yeah. How dare you? And it's and <laughs> yeah. it's
0: 5:30 on Saturday and you're making that call. These were terrific. Uh Denver, these were t- fantastic drinks. The well, smoked old fashioned the black tea punch and the hot, hot honey paloma. I'm going to have to uh, scoop violetta out of the punch bowl before uh, yeah. before the night is I'm over. Fine. But thank you guys very much for coming in. It was a pleasure. Best of luck to oh, you. Oh, thank you for having
12: us. I appreciate the invite. make
0: MakeRoomForTruman.com. Yes. All right, coming up this story Stories that matter with Kim Gordon from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN Radio. Steve Cochran show celebrates the most valuable person on the planet. Weekday mornings at 720 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. The news is sponsored by Grandview Homes. 6 o'clock. Kim Gordon.
5: Well, I got the feeling that I'm about to do some my motor She's got that look in her eyes Girl, I cannot forget Her hips are telling me that she's got a plan
0: Brian Noonan in for Rowan Anna. They'll be back with you on Monday. It is live music Friday on the Rowcon Show, and the band you are hearing right there is Iron Horse. They will be uh, live in just a couple minutes. They are performing this year. Uh, you've seen them. You've seen them all over. You've seen them on America's Got Talent. They've been uh, They've been all over the place, and they are going to be at the Irish American Heritage Center. I know you're thinking, that doesn't sound like Irish music. Well, relax. That's not what we're talking about. They'll be up there on January 26th for Cash for Kids, the only only chicago johnny cash festival and the festival organizer steve davern is in the studio with me now steve thanks for coming in welcome uh this sounds it sounds like an incredible event the johnny cash festival how did this come to be cash for kids
10: uh it started as a goof actually
0: uh.
10: <laughs> <laughs> the, the way all good festivals should yes it did uh it was uh myself and my local priest uh father chris Doring, who was the pastor at uh Our Lady of Victory on the north side, and we had a Johnny Cash night in a local tavern. Uh, It was Rosie O'Brien's, it's not there anymore. Okay. Uh, And uh, a ton of people came, and it got bigger we moved it over to the Irish American Heritage Center which is a great venue it's yes cuz you can run two stages there and not knowing that there's this whole affinity for Johnny Cash with the Irish people mm-hmm.
0: yeah we love johnny cash yeah cuz he's troubled like most of us are
10: well <laughs> I, yeah we're we're uh we have strong personalities Yes,
0: strong personalities you and an affinity for
10: the drink yes <laughs> yeah he, i think he liked a couple other things yeah, too yeah sure well we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll focus on the drink for now <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, you moved it over to the Heritage Center and this year you have teamed with a with a great cause. A cause that I've uh, had some experience with myself.
10: Yeah, the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, uh generally it's uh, it's cancer, you know, yeah. and in the worst cancer because it's it's kids. Right. And uh um, we we really wanted to work with something that would be uh, have a positive, most positive outcome possible, and I can't think of a better organization to to work with. It's it's very motivating working with them.
0: Very nice. So people can get tickets right now at curethekids.org. dot org. The show again January twenty sixth. If you buy your tickets online, they're only twenty bucks. If you wait to buy them at the door, they're twenty five bucks. So I'm guessing it's not hard, or, or maybe it is, to find bands that that are gonna you know that are going to embrace that Johnny Cash kind of feeling and mentality and, and do some of his songs who, who's on the bill besides iron horse who
10: we're going to hear more of in a few minutes well chicago's uh very own no pun intended uh waco brothers are, Ah, very nice the headliner and uh, hayden thompson who's in the rockabilly hall of fame he's backed by iron horse iron horse does cool. their own set my band the dark passengers uh local band hody snitch Also, uh, Rosie and the Rivets—they play all their Chicago. Actually, they've been on your show, yeah, many times. Dry County Line and Saddle Tramps, and uh, again, it's on two stages. Our one of our sponsors, our 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 main sponsors, uh, Flood Brothers, uh, Flood Brothers Disposal, and they're they're taking care of one stage, and the other stage is uh, Flood's Royal Flush Portable Toilets, a business venture (laughs) of theirs. So uh, we run the two stages, and the whole idea is. the bands play their own music, but they play music in the spirit, something Johnny Cash would like. So we we hope there's there's no impersonators there. Right. It's really, it's a show Johnny Cash should enjoy. So a
0: can. lot of rockabilly, a lot of rock and roll. Country. Country music. Yep. It sounds terrific. How many years have you been doing this? It's the 14th year. Four, wow, 14th year. And yeah. how many years at the center? I think 10 Oh wow Okay, Maybe so 12 up, up there for a while Very yeah. nice And it sounds It sounds like a wonderful thing So how do you decide What uh, what music Johnny Cash would like Do you channel him When you're listening To these bands Do you uh, Do you Put on Folsom Prison blues And then just start picking How does it uh, How do they come to you
10: We really Well He was all over the place Which helps yeah. So And especially the, the last recordings that He did The American recordings I mean he just He's all over the place So there's, and you can also reach into the Carter family right. music. So anything semi-related to Johnny Cash that he recorded, covered, wrote, or possibly liked, and that will be fun for the crowd there. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a packed house. It's always a very positive event. And uh, the whole idea is if you don't like the band you're looking at for some crazy reason, just walk into yeah, the wander other wander down
0: to the other stage. Yeah. And this is all happening, is it all on the first floor? In the it's p- all on the first on floor. On the first so floor.
10: So they're either in the Fifth Province stage. Okay. Or the um, auditorium. Oh, very nice.
0: And so. it's, again, it's a great venue up at the Heritage Center. Do you ever have any, uh, you know, because I'm up there all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you ever have any of the let's just say uh, older Irish folks who wander in during Cash for Kids and go, "Oh, what's going on here? I don't understand it." Yes, we do. We know
10: exactly <laughs> how to handle them. <laughs> and how do you how do you do that? You just give them a shot and send them on their way. Well, they're, they they walk in a little confused, and uh, we 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 help them out with their confusion and Very ask nice. them if we could. Uh, I'm always there to you know buy them a drink and help them find a seat and make sure they're comfortable
0: perfect and listen it's for a good cause mm-hmm. again if you go to cure the you can get your tickets now january 26th at the irish american heritage center it's cash for kids chicago's only johnny cash festival a uh, lot of great bands including iron horse who will he- who will hear from uh sun records recording star hayden thompson the waco brothers rosie and the rivets the dark passengers many many more what time does the whole thing say is it an all day thing what time what time should we be there
10: the Doors open just before five, and the first band, which will be Dry Country, Dry County Line, okay, uh, plugs in and starts at five o'clock. Very nice. in, in the fifth province, the, the main stage kicks off at seven o'clock.
0: Very nice, and runs till what about midnight, one o'clock, three a.m.
10: Uh, gotta be out of there by one is
0: that right mm-hmm. see and i uh, i never understood that one o'clock that's good nothing nothing good happens the after irish would o'clock. have taken care of that you know but right, listen i'll do my best I'll put a, good a, thing. I'll put a call into some of the people you know <laughs> it's
9: just, uh,
7: you gotta do an irish goodbye
0: well they sure you just disappear but i don't want the bands to just disappear i want to i'll disappear at the end <laughs> i want the bands to keep playing and the bartenders can't pull an irish goodbye they got to hang around you know come on violetta Really are you still a hammered from your smoked old-fashioned? <laughs> or are you in the punch bowl still? <laughs> I'll just take that giggle as a yes. That will be very nice. Uh, all right, so we are. what do you know about these guys, Iron Horse, that are coming up?
10: These what are, can you tell us about them? These I met these guys when they were 18, I think. Really? Yes, and they're not only great musicians they're the most professional guys i know nice and little known fact they run a studio called custom recording studio down in crete illinois okay and they've been buying up old microphones from the 30s and 40s and 50s and old equipment and they're they're really they have a lot of respect for the vintage sound and they, they they keep it alive and they create with it too they create new stuff and uh they're one of my favorite bands, and I'm lucky enough to call them friends.
0: Very cool. Well, we'll be hearing from them in a minute. Just a reminder, Cash for Kids, Chicago's only Johnny Cash Festival, is happening Saturday, January 26th at the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, you can go to curethekids.org, because this year the uh, the festival has partnered with the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, a great cause. Uh, for uh, So go, pay your 25 at the door, or 20 if you purchase your tickets in advance. Uh, the proceeds are going to benefit the charity, which again is... Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. So go to curethekids.org, buy your tickets, get to the Irish American Heritage Center on January 26th. Uh, Steve Dar- Davern, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about it. I know you're going to stick around and hear uh, the guys in Iron Horse, which we will do in just a couple of minutes. But first, we have to go into the newsroom. Kim, what's happening at 6 30?
2: Brian, the government shutdown may be making some TSA agents sick.
0: Will the Pacers cruise to a victory or will Marketing and the Bulls stop Indy in their tracks? Bulls, Pacers tonight at 7 on WGN TV. All right, it is live music Friday on The Rocon Show with Anna DeValentes. Without further ado, you may have seen these guys on America's Got Talent. You can definitely see them at Cash for Kids, Chicago's only Johnny Cash Festival. Let's hear from Iron Horse. <laughs> We'll be
5: To watch it. Oh, shit.
9: Yeah!
5: Well, I hear music blowing. I hang my head and cry. Let's hang our So eating on a fancy dining car, yeah, they're probably drinking coffee, smoking big cigars, but I know I had it coming. him. Yeah, I know I can't be. out free now? Well, we will keep moving, and that's what tortures me. Let's
9: torture them now.
5: I'm yeah, hanging down to in the middle of the back. I don't cut it off. Whatever you do, gone, I need to run my fingers through. Because you my baby. You're my sugar. You drive me crazy. you my baby. i I got six strings and I got my big cause you'll make them so ringin' Every shoot's gotta know to do I wanna use a safer name too cause you're my baby You are my sugar You drive me crazy Saving it up for a rainy day Everybody's gonna whiz and do it And I can't smell spent on you Cause you're my baby well, You're my sugar You drive me crazy well, You're my baby Bring it down I'm over you, 'cause you're my baby. You're my sugar. You drive me crazy. You're my, you're my baby. You're my baby. You drive me crazy. I don't mean baby. I love you, baby. Well, love you, baby. You're my baby.
0: man oh man that is iron horse Iron Horse Music on all your social media platforms. Iron Horse's Aaron DeCourt on guitar and vocals. Carl DeCourt on uh, upright bass and Richard Klutwick on drums. Uh, I knew we were in for a treat when I saw an upright bass coming in. Uh, fantastic job, guys. That is unbelievable. We're going to talk uh, talk to the guys a little more on the other side and hear some more music. Uh, a couple big Johnny Cash songs. Why? Well, one, because Iron Horse is very talented. Two, because they're going to be at Cash for Kids, Chicago's only Johnny Cash Festival. It is benefiting the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. January twenty sixth at the Irish American Heritage Center. Go to curethekids.org dot org right now. Get your tickets. Uh, I love. Uh, first of all, guys, the the. The music was great. I love the fact that you're on the radio and still you're doing a stage show that was worthy not only of the Irish American Heritage Center, but everywhere. I see uh, Aaron standing on top of Carl's base. I see people running around. I see things getting twirled. It is unbelievable. Well, thank I l- you very much. I really i i admire the uh, the dedication to your craft. Well, thank you very much. People come in here and they're just going to play. You guys are putting on the show. We appreciate it. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna learn all about the guys. Hear more music from Iron Horse again. If you want to follow them, they are at Iron Horse Music on all your social media platforms. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, more original music from the guys on the other side. All right, my goodness, it is uh, six thirty. I can't believe the time is going this fast, Kim, but it's 6:30 on 720 WGN. Hard to believe. It is hard to believe our our holiday weeks are just about at an end. You will stay, I will vanish.
2: <laughs> You'll be back. Yeah, you never know. We can't get rid of you.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm like a bad penny. I keep popping up. But uh it's time for the news. Here's Kim Gordon.
5: Well, I can't shake this feeling. This feeling is coming over me now. You're my sweet wildflower.
0: Yeah, it's live music Friday on the Rokon Show with Anna Devolantes. I'm Brian Noonan. Iron Horse is in the studio. They are going to be at the Irish American Heritage Center for Cash for Kids, Chicago's only Johnny Cash Festival. The proceeds to benefit the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. That's January 26th. You can get your tickets at CureTheKids.org. Let's uh, let's meet the boys. Uh, Aaron Decourt is the guitar and vocals. Carl Decourt is plays the upright bass, and Richard Kluwick plays the drums. Gentlemen, again, thanks for uh, thanks for coming in. You sound great uh people are loving it uh, via the text line and everything else how how long have you guys been playing music because you seem like young guys and yet you were on america's got talent in uh, 2010 so what were we on when you were six
15: <laughs> no uh well my, my brother and i were twin brother or twins oh know. very nice um so we've been playing together forever and we grew up with richard and have been playing with him forever too so as iron horse we've been playing since 2005 very nice, yep.
0: and you've got you got a pretty impressive resume of people you've been on tour with.
15: Yeah, we've uh, we've had a, a great opportunity to open up for a lot of really good uh, uh, country acts and uh, some of our you know our idols growing up, some of the Sun Records uh, alumni. So it's it's been uh, exciting and uh, a really good experience to be able to open up for some of those guys. Now you guys
0: play. Uh what you describe and what a lot of people would describe as real country music you got a little rockabilly flair in there some rock and roll did you did you grow up listening to country music was that the the predominant music in the house
15: absolutely yeah Elvis was uh you know our, our mom was obsessed with Elvis uh-huh. so we grew up uh uh learning his whole song catalog and that stemmed to learning all the Sun Records catalog with guys like Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis and of course, Elvis, Roy our, Orbison. Our dad
16: really likes Olivia Newton-John, so we got some of that, too. Oh, there yeah. you go. Sure. Xanadu. You know. <laughs> Why not?
0: You get physical. You guys are jumping around on there doing some Olympic oh, we of got we got
16: lots of physical. <laughs>
0: is it is there is there a benefit or a curse to working with your twin brother do you guys have some weird twin powers when you're on stage and and uh, working on original music or at some points you go man i wish i was working with a stranger you
15: no know, i i think we all uh richard included we all uh, can read each other really well um and so you kind of all you have to do is shoot them a look and they know what to do you know <laughs> uh, but some you know it's it's actually a good thing because uh uh, as difficult as it is working in a band unit together, uh, sometimes um, you know those those people separate because it's too hard to work together. But sure. we're, we're stuck together. Yeah, so. we're kind of
16: forced to work our
15: issues yeah. through.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mom and Dad are not going to be happy if the band breaks up and then yeah. the family breaks up. That's not going to be good. Now, with only three of you, it's it's got to be a little more difficult for Richard because he's the guy. You know, he's even though he grew up with you, there's no blood uh, blood connection. So do you ever? Does he ever feel threatened that one day the brothers might just turn on him, or do you two use him as leverage between no, the, y- each usually,
15: other? Usually, he, Richard and Carl, team up against me. Really, so I'm really I'm the one that always feels on the outside. Really, looking well, because you're the big
0: shot singer.
16: You know,
15: you're. The, yeah, oh. We got to
16: make up for it somehow.
15: Yeah, yeah there's
0: a, you're the guy climbing on his base, You're jumping around. You know, the the singer always, the front man, so to speak, always takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of heat from everybody else.
15: So what you're saying is that they're uh, probably a little jealous of me.
0: Well, I don't want to put words in their mouths, but, uh, you know. You
15: should see Richard's face right
0: now.
15: Well, the, the drummer is always,
0: you know, he keeps a steady beat. He does his great fills. He's doing his solos and stuff, but he's, you know, he's sitting in the back. And you're up front, swiveling your hips Elvis style and jumping around. Uh, You know, you're getting a lot more attention. Poor Richards back there, he's doing all the work. He's getting the you know the blisters, the sore arms, and you know, and he's got to deal with twin brothers too. It's it's he's going to be
15: asking for a raise here pretty soon. Yeah. Next next question.
0: So what when you go to when you go to uh, one of these festivals after hey, having been on the road what's the uh, how do you how do you make those adjustments cuz the road is a different thing here you know you're you're in your hometown you're coming to, you're coming to your place what's uh, how do you change things up for a, an indoor festival like that
15: Well if I think if, if there's one thing we learned working on America's Got Talent we realized that's not the lifestyle we wanted was to always be on the road and, and be away from home so uh it's really fun to come back to our our home turf, and uh, you know, especially this show, it's it's our favorite show of the year to play. We've been doing it for what twelve years now.
16: I think after the tenth year, we quit counting.
15: <laughs> so it's a lot of fun, you know. We all the familiar faces. It's it's li- really like a homecoming. It's it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun.
0: It's very cool. Let's talk a little bit about America's Got Talent, because millions of people saw you guys, and Howie Mandel raved about you. He said, what I love about these guys is they've got passion, and it shows, and it's fun. Sharon Osbourne, who's who's seen some music, you know? She's yeah. been around music for a little while. <laughs> she said, these guys make music a spectacle, and I can't wait to see what's next. What's that process like? Because you auditioned here in Chicago, right?
15: Yeah, we actually we sent in video auditions. Um and, uh, got callbacks from producers, uh, and then, you know, it's not, it's not, there's not a whole lot of reality in reality TV, so... What
16: you see on TV is not, not how it goes. Are yeah. you bursting our bubble?
15: <laughs> no, we did audition in Chicago, but it was more of a private audition in front of uh, the... A group of producers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then so it wasn't was one of
0: those cattle calls where you waited in line all day and, you know, that, Carl's carrying his bass on his back?
15: You know, We did that the year prior, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, we waited in line all day and, uh, and got a couple callbacks, but... Uh, the year after that, they contacted us and asked us to um, to audition again. So we went through that process. We did the Chicago audition, and then they called us back um, for the Chicago theater the audition, the taping. Okay. Um, then we got a couple more callbacks and, uh, and went to, to Vegas, hard. yeah, and, and started doing working on the show. Wow, Vegas and uh, L.A.
0: That's amazing. And when you get out there and you guys are you guys are musicians. You have actual talent. You're really you're writing your own music, you're doing all this and then you come up against a juggler. And not to say a juggler doesn't have talent, but it's it seems like an odd like an odd competition where musicians have to go up against a ventriloquist or a guy who does shadow puppets. That it doesn't seem right.
16: Yeah, that, that was kind of the best part was the the variety of it. We made a lot of friends on that show because cool. of that. So between the acts, at least for us, it didn't feel like there was competition. No, yeah. but in the interviews and and like working with the producers, they kept trying
15: to push yeah, oh, manufacture manufacture this conflict yeah. and
16: conflict sells. Every- like
15: that, but they kept on on wanting to get us to say like yeehaw and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we from Chicago, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't strike me as a yee-haw kind of band.
15: You know, we uh we grew up in a town called Crete, Illinois. It's, I know Crete. Yeah, uh- it's a little farm community. Um you know, it's growing now, but uh we're we're small town boys, but we're only 35 minutes outside of downtown Chicago, right. so best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, because I grew up in the south suburbs as well, so I'm very okay. familiar with Crete. I'm from Glenwood, yeah, uh, so not too far. You guys are still you guys still have a studio in Crete, right? You're still doing things doing things in Crete, keeping yeah. it hometown.
15: Yep, absolutely. Custom Recording Co. is our uh, our little vintage recording studio down there, and um, like Steve said earlier, uh, my brother is a whiz at uh, at repairing. Uh, tube electronics, vintage, pretty much any electronics, so we're able to acquire broken vintage equipment and fix it up and put it to good use now. For those
0: of us who aren't in the music business, is there is there a noticeable difference when you're using... Because I saw you've got some vintage speakers in there and, and uh, some different microphones and stuff. Is there a difference in sound that the layman would be able to perceive, or is it just something that you guys know because you're so attuned to it?
16: I think there's a difference in sound, but even more so, I think... Uh Working with the older stuff, there's a certain limitation to using it, so you have to change your workflow to adapt. Ah, yeah, yeah, So it, it sort of uh, the stakes helps you are as higher. an artist express yourself in different ways.
0: Oh, very cool. Now, before, uh, before we get into hearing some of your own stuff, what's your process? Because every, every time I talk to a musician, it's different. Some people say, oh, the songs just come to us right away. And some people say, oh, you know, it takes us a long time. With three guys in there, is, there, is it a democracy when it comes to songwriting? Is it, uh, is it a different kind of process?
15: We we actually uh, we're just talking about this earlier, um, and uh, it we we very much adopt the idea that you do what serves the song. So uh, whatever serves the song best, you know, is is, is what um, we all decide on. Okay, so, there's uh, not a lot of ego in the songwriting process so we all we all is
0: that your public answer or is that the truth because i already there, you know i already have seen richard feelings, back there but... shaking his head earlier in the interview i don't know if he's uh if he's buying into this oh whole... yeah they that's what they say to you brian but really i came in with three songs that i knew were gold hits and uh nothing
16: nothing i think creatively we bring our ideas together. But Aaron always has the final word.
0: <laughs> oh, is that? Wow, is that correct? Well, sure. He's uh, he's singing. He's got he's got to like what he sings. So it, it doesn't matter. One of you can come up. One of you can come up with a melody. Somebody has a, a lyric, and then you just come in and say, "Hey, I've got this." Let's all work together and build this build this song.
15: Yeah, for sure. The the next um, song we're gonna play is an original called "Love Letter," and it's uh, it came about. I had a riff in my head, and Carl had lyrics, and uh, we got together with Richard, and you know, put it all together, and. Uh, uh, ended up with something that uh, felt pretty good
0: Well, your latest release is Revival And uh, the single, Getting to Me, is getting a lot of uh, It's kind of got an outlaw country feel to it And it's getting a lot of play, which has got to be nice
15: Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's fun to turn the dial and hear yourself on the radio
0: Cool, well, let's hear you on the radio right now This is Iron Horse, you can follow Iron Horse Music On all the social media channels <laughs>
5: know well I'm begging baby don't have to go
0: Nice. Very nice. That's Iron Horse. we got time for one more song before the guys get out of here.
15: Uh, what do you got for us, gentlemen? This one's a brand new one, and it's called Another Song Nobody Knows. Nice. Ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs>
5: Worth people all week long and I bust my butt from dust, still Let's sing my song, another long night gone from home. We'll saddle up boys when it's time to hit the road to
15: sing another
5: lyric from the title of another song nobody knows. Fuck a day, out of have to sing another song Just to sing my song Really long, not gone from home yes I love, baby when it's time to hit the road To sing another lyric from the title Of another song nobody knows It's time to settle up and then it's time to settle in But well, I don't know right where right, I'm going But I know right where I've been It's time to pack it up and now it's time to hit the road And I'm still in a plane but I'll show you a story It's time to know right where I've been Well I sing that same old song on that stage right again Well it's the sing my song another long night gone from home we're up, baby. When well, it's time to hit the road, to sing another lyric from the title of another song, nobody knows. Ain't yeah, nobody knows. Ain't yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows.
0: They are Alan DeCord on guitar and vocals, Carl DeCord on upright bass and Richard Kluwick on drums. Separately but together they are Iron Horse and you can see them January 26th at the Irish American Heritage Center for Cash in Cash for Kids, Chicago's only Johnny Cash Festival. It is all a for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Uh, all the proceeds going to that. Go to curethekids.org to get your tickets right now. Follow the guys, Iron Horse Music, on all your social media platforms. i got to tell you, a lot of great sound coming out of three, guys. That was terrific. Thanks for being here, guys. I hope to see you. I'll see you on the 26th. It's going to be a lot of fun up there at the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, much success.
15: Thank you so much for having us.
0: My pleasure. All right. uh, Now that we've uh, rocked ourselves completely, let's go to the newsroom, see what Andrea's got cooking for 7 o'clock.
2: And Brian, TSA workers at O'Hare and Midway will get their last paycheck on Monday. That's coming up at 7.